Knuckle up, bitch. It is time. You like that, Kelly? Yeah. It is time for Ian Hates Movies <laughs> Volume. I think it's like 13 or 14. And today, Something like that. Yep, we are going over the big hit. And that is where the intro came from. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Kelly, how are you feeling? You're back from Japan. I'm back from Japan. I'm suffering from some fun jet lag. So hopefully I can be over that by this weekend or over the weekend or whatnot. I can I can hear it in your voice. I know. I'm trying. And I'm sure the audience can hear me a little bit. I am getting over a cold because the uh, I guess Boston likes to go from 20 degrees to 70 degrees and then it's supposed to fucking snow tomorrow. Yep. It's supposed to snow tomorrow and Sunday. It makes no fucking sense. No sense. <sighs> but it's New England weather, period. I know, I know. But I, I figure I have the extra sexy Phoebe from Friends, like almost like sicker. <gasps> yeah. Smoldering voice. Yeah, the smoldering voice. So yeah, how's this? Ooh, sexy. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? So I'm at the tail end of this. I'll be fine by tomorrow. But voice is what it is. So Kelly's dealing with stuff. I'm dealing with stuff. This is going to be a fun podcast. Yay! I was, expe- I was especially <laughs> proud of the intro myself because I do love that line in the movie. Well, you kept saying it was a quotable movie. And honestly, I kept waiting for the subtitles to turn on because everybody spoke so quickly and had such bad acting. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, hold on a second. If you seriously tell me that Lou Diamond Phillips is a bad actor in this movie, I will reach through the screen and slap you in the face. Oh, it's a it's an amazing stereotype he managed yes, to pull off. It was hilarious. <laughs> Lou no, it Lou wasn't. Diamond Phillips was awesome. It was past funny, almost too offensive and annoying. No, like, no, like, oh, that's God that, for that guy. No, that was Christina Applegate's character and her parents. All of them. Yes, that except for Walden, who had no character. Exactly. Well, he was supposed to have no character. He's the pushover. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Let's just let's introduce this again. So it is the big hit, 1998. So this is a quintessential 90s movie. You can tell. You can tell it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was produced by... Did you see who it was produced by, by the way? No, I didn't pick up on that. Wesley Snipes. Oh, that's shock. Shocking. <laughs> <Yep>. Shocking <laughs> how that turned out. I was laughing. I had never... I've seen this movie like 50 times probably. And I still didn't know that it was Wesley Snipes until I started paying attention to it for this review. Awesome. Yes, yes. Well, the, I, I don't know. It deserves a little bit more than just awesome. Like, that is fucking fantastic. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's, let's go through the cast of characters just a little bit. So you got Mark Wahlberg, you got Loom Dime Phillips, Christina Applegate, Avery Brooks, uh, Antonio Sabato Jr., which I always laughed about. Uh, Elliot Gould's in this. Uh, everyone else is like all character actor people. Like you would, you yeah, would recognize them. Yeah, you would recognize most yeah. of them. No, yeah, still nobody that you're like. Oh, so this is where you started. It was like, oh, of course you're all in this movie. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's coming strong today. She didn't get to. <laughs> she didn't get to see uh, Batman Superman, so she's gonna take right. out. She's gonna take out everything on this movie. Uh, so. The tagline to this movie is Hit Matters or Hit Happens, which I thought was pretty good. You're not a fan? Where did you get that? I have a different tagline. What's Oh, is I know what the other one is, but yeah, I, I found Hit Happens for sure. But then is that the other one? Um, go ahead. 
Do you have the other one? Yeah, nothing more dangerous yeah. than some nice guys with uh, time to kill. Which that oh, one oh, makes oh, no oh, sense oh. because they're not. There's like two nice guys out of the group. No, yeah, it should be a nice guy with time yeah. to kill. But I don't know. I guess Crunch is kind of nice, but we'll we'll get to him as well. Uh, so, like we said, this came out in 1998. Uh, it has a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that 6.1 is only out of 24,000 people, so... Yeah, I mean, we all know that the IMDb stuff IMDb's is cute. all crap yeah, yeah. anyway. But the Rotten Tomatoes, it has like double what Batman Superman has. So right there, it's obviously... Even though I would count this probably 10 times the movie that Batman Superman was, I have a feeling since Kelly didn't see Batman Superman, she still thinks this is a poor movie. Which is... um, at this point, Leap Year has better ratings as far as I'm concerned over this movie. What? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I could actually under, I mean, that was still horribly stereotypical and a bad movie, but <laughs> I could at least understand what they were saying. Wait, what What do you mean you couldn't understand what they were no, saying? They all they did was talk over each other, and since they had to just push through their lines, like they had a time crunch because it couldn't go over an hour and 30 minutes, so they had to just, blah, blah, blah. there was nothing that you could actually distinguish. Like, there was no good action line where there's a straight up statement. Didn't happen in this movie. Um,. I don't know what movie you watched. What movie did you watch? Because I could follow everything they were saying. I don't maybe know. I don't speak. Maybe my bro isn't high enough up there to really and, understand. Okay, them. they were a little bro. They, they it's were true. extremely bro and kind of homosexual in the first five minutes. Well, yeah, but wasn't that a great scene for you? Did you not? No, you didn't love that scene. You hate all of these people. No, you can't ha- hate yes. Melvin. And I'm like, oh, no, all these people I'd want to stab in the face. Like, there's even nothing. I have nothing. No, there's nothing positive here at all. Well, Kelly skipped Mark over. Really fun when he's in his underwear. And they didn't even get that far. Wait, so, no, no. Didn't he show his ass? That's what the scene I was talking about. Didn't you see you no, saw the locker room? Yeah. It's just crap scene. You saw Antonio Sabato Jr. And I think Lou Diamond Phillips and Mark Wahlberg, I think, with like out their towels or whatever. Yeah, no, that shows you how bad this movie is. Oh, Kelly. Oh, Kelly, I don't even know what to say about this. Uh, I'm super disappointed. I am super oh disappointed. No, no. Like, I thought we were going to do a good movie after Batman Superman. No. We fuck. are doing a fucking good movie. I had people no, that were... No, I had not one of those good 90s action movies whatsoever. It is so. I have, I have people super happy that we are doing this movie, and they are really, really excited because this is a fun movie. It's a fun, bad movie. I'm not saying this is a great movie. It's a fun, bad movie. It's not a fun, bad movie. It's annoying, and it's kind of tedious. For a movie that's only an hour and a half, I'm like, this is taking for fucking ever. For <sighs> not going anywhere. All right, we're going to have to get into this, because I don't, I don't get where this is coming from. All right, so the plot of the movie, even though I'm sure Kelly would say there is no plot, there's definitely a plot. No, there's a plot. No. There's just, meh. All right, so it's four hitmen. It's uh, Melvin, Crunch, Cisco, and who's the other guy? I don't remember. It's Antonio Sabato Jr.'s character. Uh, Vince. 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 Yeah, there we go. So my main guy is Cisco. That's Lou Diamond Phillips because I think he's fucking hilarious in this movie. He has his like slacks buttoned up to like above his belly button, and then he's no, wearing high waisted pants. On. Yeah, yeah, and then he's wearing the loudest sparkly maroon shirt see-through. yes he's maroon shirt like the entire movie it just makes me laugh my ass off he's talking Biggest about cholo ever yeah well 
they, obviously, it's the 90s. They got away with that stuff. Remember speed? Come on. That's just the way it is. What does speed have to do with this? With all the stereotypes on one, oh, one on area. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That was fun. Well, that's, uh, that's what but this was. those were main fucking characters. Well, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg... Mark Wahlberg, the white guy, is like the most boring, you know, like... Yeah, it's Charlie Brown. Yeah, exactly. He's a pushover. He does the work for everyone. And that's where we that's where we start. Now, I will question one thing. When you... The first scene in the movie, it says Thursday. And then it shows um, Vince, Antonio Sabato Jr., like passing off the remains of dead people to Mark Wahlberg. Because he's... Yeah, he's storing them for him and taking care of them like gonna put the lie and all that kind of stuff to dissolve the bodies i guess um so once again it's him doing the nice guy thing so you start off with that character right away but there was no reason to put the dates because i think this movie only goes for two days i think it says no not even like it doesn't even get to sunday i'm pretty sure it goes to friday it goes thursday friday and then you don't <laughs> see anything else anymore i think i think that's it so i don't know you know that was kind of pointless and it was barely like a flash where you're like okay are you setting up a time? You're not setting up a timeline. Okay. Yeah, I thought they were going to do... I mean, they do do a couple flashbacks, but it's literally like 30 seconds before flash, flashbacks. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. No. Right. So obviously the big hit is a play on they are hitmen, hitmen, and uh, they are going to, you know, get up to this big hit that's that's later on in the movie, obviously. But uh, it's but, not a hit. It's a kidnapping. No, but I'm talking about at the end. That's a big hit because, you know, the things that happen, we're not going to spoil it yet. It's going to happen as we go on. But yes, there is a big hit in this movie. And if Kelly doesn't know it, I still don't think she watched this movie. I'm trying to think of what movie she could have watched instead. And I don't know what it was. I don't think it's the big hit. That's that's what I'm going to say right now. So, I want my three bucks back is really what I have to say about that. I would have sent it to you if I, if I had found it before yesterday. <laughs> I think I bought it from Amazon for like three bucks, like the uh, to actually send it. It was like a um, Black Friday or something. I'm telling. I couldn't you. give it away. Ugh. Yeah, you couldn't give it away because you wouldn't want to lose all the money on this great movie. That's what it was. I'm sure this is Wahlberg's rolling in the royalties from this one. This might be my favorite Mark Wahlberg movie. I don't think there's any other Mark Wahlberg movie that I care about. This is what got him on the map with me, and then I said, whoa, what the fuck? Like, why'd he go so downhill? No, 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 no. Are you saying this movie's better than The Italian Job? I'm not a spy guy. I don't care about that shit. I told you that. I don't like James... Because there's such a long... Because there's such a difference between Hitman and Spy. Yes, there is in this movie. No! There's, there isn't. There's no espionage in this movie. There's no police, by the way. No, <laughs> no police. But no, but that's just... Uh, okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. This is what the, the show I is about, tangents. No. Yeah, I can't. I have... No. <laughs> All right. So I'm going back to the movie, this great movie, for yes. a second. So <clears throat> Mark Wahlberg is a pushover, as as we've stated. So he gets the, the dead bodies from Vince... And he brings it back to his girlfriend's house. And she's a very stereotypical, like, I'm mad at you, you know, kind of girl. She's always, like, wag- wagging her finger in his face and all that kind of stuff. And She's an angry black girl. Continue. But I'm saying angry as in she's the girlfriend where he has a fiancé. And she knows about the fiancé. So she's only using him for the money, it seems, anyways. 
Am I right yeah, on that one? She's a gold digger. Yeah, exactly. But she's she knows about the hits. She knows that he's a hitman. Yeah. She knows all that. Which kind of, kind stuff of proves that she's already a slimy person anyway, because she doesn't seem to give a shit. Right. Exactly. She actually backs up and steps into one of the bags, and is like, "Is that guy? That guy's kind of cute. Who's that?" And then he tells her, and she's like, "That shit turns me off." And then she walks away. See lines. You see how I'm quoting the lines? Okay, cool. So you can understand the women in the movie. I can. Sir, I have quotes. I'm ready to go. Uh, then you get a montage. Montage. You get a montage of Mark Wahlberg working out. You weren't a fan of this. Nineties eh. Mark Wahlberg. No. Doesn't eh. do anything for you. Well, yes, he eh. was doing gymnast moves. Eh. Well, that, and you can also see how freaking short he is. So that really doesn't. I'm like, ooh, cool. How dare you? I bet you he'd sue you for that. <laughs> and from there, then you get into the locker room scene. That's where you get to see a lot of male ass. Gay. Um, they're all about that for a while. Very which, gay. <laughs> I don't think you're and allowed they even to talk say- about. And they even talk about whacking off in front of each other, which is also. Well, they talk about. They, well, here's, here's one of the gags in the movie, pun intended. Yeah. Uh, they talk about. So Crunch does not have sex with women anymore, he only masturbates. That's his thing because he's tired of spending his money on bitches and hoes is what he says. And why would he do it when you can straight up jack it? That's what he says. Quotes once again. Kelly. Kelly looks awesome. un- unamused. <laughs> she is completely unamused <laughs> like, by this. Wow. I thought Which you would. Which is fine because uh, from the female community, we really don't need you breeding anyway. So you continue to do that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Get Public that, service announcement. Get that venom out. <laughs> get, get that, That's what it is. Yeah, get that J- Japan venom out. <laughs> yeah, fucking jet lag. Uh, I thought you had seen this movie. If I had known... No, if, so had I, and I was like, what the fuck well, is what this? Did you, this is you, I thought it was. Do you know, like, what did you think it was? That's what I was trying to figure out, because I was going through the movies, and I'm like, what could this have been? And then I'm like, hey, was this like a make-out movie when I was like 16? And I'm like, no, because I would have made them turn this shit off. I have no idea. Can we talk about your make-out parties? Is that something we could talk about? <laughs> you gotta have background noise on. That's just how it works. And you pick an action movie, so then you really can't hear anything. Wow. Duh. Hey, for all you youngins out there listening to the podcast, that's <laughs> that's what you do. Or maybe you oldens. I don't know. Go ahead and <laughs> yeah, just so the kids won't hear. Whatever. Pick a good action movie and just have a great time. Oh jeez. All right. I don't even know where to go from there. All right. So after I'd like to say John Wick is one of my favorite movies. Well, yes, I I do like John Wick a lot. But all you can really say about John Wick is don't fuck with this dog, and he headshots everyone by punch shooting them, and it's awesome. But there's not much more you can say about that movie. But it's a great background movie. Oh, okay. Gotcha. For your makeout <laughs> sessions. <laughs> For all your makeout. Like, hey, what do you want to put on? Yeah, the reason sucks. Yeah. It's a win-win. Like, I, it just works right into the story arc there. It's perfect. You're like, I got John Wick on. Bam. That's your go-to move. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to watch some speed with me? <laughs> wow. That's the one you would go to? <laughs> I can understand John Wick. I can understand John Wick as long as you fast no, forward you after the both. dog part. You get Sandra Bullock when she's still kind of hot and cute. Sure. And you get Keanu Reeves with the shaved and the niceness. And, hmm. She seems like she's held up, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she's held up well. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. But you, you still know. get like the cute, innocent, I have to drive a bus 50 miles an hour. I mean, come on. And then a cruise ship. 
I know. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely do that movie at some point. For sure. <laughs> All right. So back to the big hit. So after right. they're done with their locker room talk, they suit up. They're in their construction outfits, which are basically mesh tank tops. <laughs> no, no. Borderline Chippendale bullshit. Like, you're not even remotely fooling anyone. Like, this is bad supermodel runway. I'm a construction worker. Kind it's of the walking. 90s. Like, you four stick out. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm sexy and I know it kind of bad music video. It's, it's the 90s. Do you not remember what the 90s used to be about? Well, I remember construction workers in the 90s from a lot of other movies, and none of them looked like that. <sighs> Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> <sighs> so, yes. So, they are, they are dressed inappropriately for this job. Yes. And this is your first action sequence. And it's Mark Wahlberg. You know, they shut out the lights. And now, the main thing you got to understand about Mark Wahlberg is since he's such a pushover, he's the one that does everything. So... He's the one that charges in. He's the one that kills people. And what I liked about this was anytime someone was shot, they flew backwards like 15 feet. No, that's what I also noticed. They used a lot of rigging harnesses, which were, it was very crouching tiger hidden douchebag in this particular scene. It was not, Language. it was not good. Like, this was bad. Like, this was a lot of flying around, but like, this is weird Cirque du Soleil crap. Like, this is a bad action montage. Well, and mind you, this was after. Uh, Jurassic Park where they actually could uh, do decent editing and stuff so I really don't sure. understand what the what the uh, well excuses here. It was directed by Kirk Wong and also produced by John Woo so I mean you so know. it has to have John Woo? Flying. John you Woo didn't moves? have yeah John Woo didn't have that in every one of his movies I just saying this i you know, just clearly pointing. a bigger Woo fan than me because I couldn't even name another Woo movie. Well, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, huh? <laughs> that's not my job, Kelly. It's not my job. What am I gonna do? Show prep forever and ever? Like I love this fucking movie. So, but that doesn't mean I know the background of every fucking actor and director and writer. But I know John Woo films. So, anyways, so, <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg's doing all the work, and while he's doing that. Uh, Cisco and Vince are having coffee and they're just talking about like how much money they're going to make from the hit and while this is happening the bad guy like bought three blondes for $50,000 each or whatever and they were very stereotypical because that's what I mean you're not supposed to know any backstory you're supposed to know they're bad guys. That's just the way it is, right? right? Which yeah. you could have came like which is funny because it's like so it had to be you couldn't have I don't know drug dealers or just arms dealers you had to have random stupid chicks in it who end up in a hot tub shopping. yeah they do so of course they do but while this is happening mark Wahlberg, mark Wahlberg is kicking serious ass he is a huge badass he's he's the john wick of this film for sure because he's just killing everybody he's yeah, let's make that comparison what he's doing flippy moves he's like and then bouncing around like an idiot well but he still kills the guy he doesn't get hit Right? Because it's that movie. Well, I'm just saying. Because all bad guys have terrible aim, but amazing amount of bullets. Kelly, we are supposed to be painting a picture for the people, for the audience listening right now. <laughs> so, so please, <laughs> so please be silent when I when I say that. That's that works. Because I have nothing to add to this particular photo, but. Right, right, right. So, so pretty much, he is the main person in the Hit Squad, and he's actually very good at what he does. 
but he just happens to have surrounded himself with a bunch of douchebag fellow co-workers who don't want to pull themselves out to uh, actually do anything remotely general. Well, and then know, when they do, yeah. quote-unquote, help, they randomly shoot other dead people just well, to show that they put in effort. Come on, you're... You're telling me that wasn't a funny scene that after Mark no. Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg kills like 25 people and saves the three women that are in the hot tub. He goes over and makes sure they're okay. He leaves to go chase down the bad guy. And then Cisco and Vince kick in the doors, go, let's go to work and start shooting people that are already dead and then go hit on the blondes. Sexually harassed yeah. the wet blondes in the hot tub. Yeah. He's like. Uh, Cisco goes, yo, baby, you got a number for me? And she goes, yeah, 911. He's like, what? He's like, damn lesbians. And he leaves. Come on. That's great. That is great Lou Diamond Phillips right there. No, she's shaking her head again. You can't uh, shake. You have to express what you're doing, Kelly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's, that's the insight I was looking for for this movie. <laughs> so I like that because it, it, makes things a little bit more believable to what's so going on. Bro. So bro, like this is something that But the this Entourage was the 90s. So sit and watch down and whack off to. So this it's is that kind of movie. So it's hipster bro then because this was in the 90s when there weren't bros. So you know. There were douchebags in the 80s. Well, I'm not saying there weren't douchebags, but I, bro culture wasn't a big thing That's back true. then. That's true. It hadn't turned it well no, cuz bro culture came from this. These people started this. This is like this is the antichrist. This is, this is what started the this whole. Is like, this, this, this is, is, this is, is not patient zero. This is this is not patient zero of Rose. This is not because I wouldn't <laughs> like it. I wouldn't like it if that was the case. That's what shocked me. I was like, this is one of his favorite movies. And no, he no. Gave me crap Calm, rock and roller. What the fuck? Calm down. By the way, I would watch this movie hands down way over rock and roller. Right, because you don't even have to pay attention to this movie because it's just flashy colors and lights. It's it's very funny. It's a good, bad movie. This is on my good, bad movie list. It's not on my good movie list. It's on my good, bad movie list. That's There is a distinction between no, them. No, I know. I have those too. Name name a few then so we can get you the on idea. my good, bad movies? Yeah. Speed. Okay. Now, uh, Air Force One. Well, I know you love that movie, but you legitimately like that movie though. That's what's sad. Because it's a bad, but it's got one-liners that you know. Get off my plane. Yes. Okay, thank you. See? <laughs> I don't know how you don't know Knuckle Up, bitch. Like, how do you not know that? <laughs> Yo, baby, wow. you got a number for me? You don't know that one? Come on. No! <laughs> what does that say, though? The movie person that I am, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. It's I'm a just... dude movie. That's just, it's an extreme dude movie, because I like dude movies, and this is an well, extreme Well, it hit me back in the day when I was really young, maybe then. I don't know. But... I have seen it multiple times over the years, and it is and funny. It. It's funny. Yeah. Okay. I bought it for three bucks. What do I care? Uh, my feelings are not hurt that you don't like this movie, Kelly. What, what, hurts, <laughs> what hurts is that I thought you liked it. Otherwise, I would not have chosen it for this week. So I thought it was something else. I'm trying to think of what this could That's have been. what I need to know. I need to know, know. what else it could have been. Uh, so anyway... Mark Wahlberg starts doing crazy stuff. He's killing more people. He's still the only one doing anything. Finally, catches the main bad guy, kills him. They go back. They go back to. Uh, so Paris is their uh, leader. Head boss. Yeah, main boss. Whatever. He's the one who's paying paying them for the hit. All that kind of stuff. So he's giving everyone the money now. He says that Melvin owes him money. So he takes the money that he already owes him, and then there's a bonus 
for the main bad guy. And since Mark Wahlberg killed him, he hands over the money. Now they flash back because Cisco is like, oh, what? I killed him. Like, I'm the guy who did it. And they flash back to while he was on the ground, Cisco talking about how he's still alive and then plugging him twice and then makes Melvin feel bad and Mark Wahlberg throws the money over to him. Because he's an idiot. Well, sure. And then you see him in the locker room again and this time he's drinking Maalox because he's got like an ulcer from feeling bad because he owes his girlfriend money or doesn't owe her but she wants money so he's supposed to be giving her plus he's got the fiance but Cisco's main thing is all he wants to do is get enough money and then he's going to sail his boat around the world so he says hey Melvin you know this is how much love I got for you you can have my boat if something happens to me I think this is a perfect Lou Diamond Phillips impression by the way I think I've really got this down so I'm very happy with myself so now, to well, I mean, it's better acting. So, hey, Lou Diamond Phillips is the fucking man. You start, start no, taking that stuff back. No, I know. That's why I was back. like, really, this is a horrible movie for him. Ugh. put him on the map. This movie, right, not, not it La was, Yeah, it wasn't La Bamba. Right, of course, <laughs> it, was, it was the Whatever. big. Hit. It was I, this. I remember watching La Bamba in uh, in Spanish in high school. <laughs> yep, like two wow. days for two days in a row they played La Bamba. Yep. Shooting your Spanish, that's because they were hungover. That's the only reason to watch movies in, in, in school. Oh, as a teacher. Yeah, absolutely hungover. Uh, so they, you know, now once again you see that Melvin's, you know, the, um, the pushover kind of thing. Now you see him go to his actual house where his fiance lives. And it's just one of those like suburban strip mall type things. Yeah, yeah, it's the cookie cutter. Every single goddamn one looks the same. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He goes into the wrong house. Uh, wrong driveway and his neighbor yells at him again because apparently this happens over and over again Uh, drives in and then opens up a few cabinets to get to his hidden arsenal of rocket launchers and machine guns and like everything you could possibly have to murder right it's it's the um forte to like mr and mrs smith with the garage full of shit right exactly is that what you thought this movie was did you think this was mr and mrs smith okay because that's, I mean, that's another horrible movie, but Brad Pitt's actually decent in that movie. Well, Brad Pitt's decent in most movies. Huh. I don't know. Uh, so then... And the level of nudity, I kind of was like, I definitely do. I'm like, I might have to watch Fight Club after this just to wash out the bad 90s stuff. Oh, jeez. Kelly, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly. You're going to have to watch this when you're not all jet-lagged from Japan. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it with subtitles. Maybe I'll understand it more. I still don't understand how you didn't know what they were saying. It's ridiculous. It was shocking because like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm actually going to have to concentrate because I have no idea what the fuck they're saying. You should be concentrating anyways. This, this podcast is very important. So I, That's what I'm trying. Like, I'm trying. Like, I have to defend this somehow. I'm like, ah, oh, this is just, I can't, it hurts my soul. Oh, jeez. You're killing the audience. <laughs> They're like, we were waiting. Ian's been talking this movie up so much. I know. <sighs> That's why I was like, wow. I need some of whatever he's smoking because this is crap. I wish. Anyway. So, now you meet Christina Applegate, who is the fiance of Mark Wahlberg. And she is, she probably should have had to go to, like, there should have been some anti like Jewish stereotype group that came after this movie for how bad her and her family are portrayed in this. No, absolutely. And it's one of those things where like, you're not even 
it's like it doesn't come off like you're being genuine like it seems like you really are just making fun of these people like it does not come off at all that well I'm Jewish and this is how I talk and it's it's yeah. very offensive for someone who's not like I'm not Jewish, yeah, but I mean, I'm like this is actually hurts to like listen to. I mean, it's almost like bad New Jersey, but it's right worse. Yeah, somehow. Christina Applegate has a terrible, terrible accent. I don't know what she was going for because yeah, they're in, I don't know they're in like L.A. or something, right? Right. Yeah, it doesn't fit at all. Yeah, made no sense. So yeah, I don't know what she was doing. But basically, it's another woman who's taking advantage of of Melvin. And uh, she basically says that so her mother gets all this plastic surgery, her father, uh, his business fails. So she just takes 50,000 bucks from their from his account and just gives it to them and says, hey, they're also coming over for, you know, coming over for the weekend. And she hasn't told them yet that they're getting, you know, that they're getting married and that and that he's not Jewish because apparently that's a big deal. So, of course, this makes him sick again, and he has to have more Maalox. And that's the little running gag is his locker is full with Maalox and his, uh, uh, what do you call it, his uh, drug cabinet in the bathroom at his house is also filled with Maalox. So, this is all supposed to further the plot along to let you know that he needs money. So, who would be able to give him money besides Cisco, who is doing a side kidnapping? Yep, that's off the books. So he's got Crunch. He's got this guy, and I'm sure you loved Gump a lot, right? The guy who was dressed like a 90s rapper, a white 90s rapper. Oh, yep. the, the um, Jesse Pinkman point oh. Yes, and they were cl- Zero. clearly making fun of Forrest Gump uh, with the stutter and all that kind of stuff, I guess. I guess that was an inside joke. Is all I can think about. Yeah, it's like not, basically yeah, they, they were basically they were calling him mentally challenged by calling him Gump. That's what they were doing. I don't know why, but basically they don't use him for any of the good missions. But on this one, Vince. Well, he's a poser, so of course you're not gonna. Well, yeah, he's yeah, he's not. So Vince is out of this one, but Crunch, Cisco, and Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg wasn't originally going to be a part of it, but because he's having these money issues now. He needs some extra money. So Lou Diamond Phillips' whole plan is to kidnap the daughter of this rich Japanese billionaire. But unfortunately, what he doesn't know is the rich Japanese billionaire had put all of his billions of dollars in making the most expensive movie ever made called Taste the Golden Spray. Come on. You gotta, you're not going to laugh Ew. at that? <laughs> no. Gross. Like this is bad. This is bad writing. This is, this I know. Is not, this it's, is bad. it's so bad. The poster's bad, and he bad. he starred in it and directed it, and I think he wrote it or whatever too. So he right. lost all of his money because he wanted to make a big Hollywood movie, uh, and of course it did not. It didn't work out. So I don't know why Lou Diamond Phillips wouldn't have checked to see the Rotten Tomato score of said movie and been like oh this costs a billion dollars to make but made no money at the box office right you know something like that so he thinks that you know hey he's got lots and lots of money so we're gonna kidnap his daughter who's in like i guess college or is that a prep high school i will not say i will definitely not say college like it's just the the 
way that they cast everybody else walking around, like I want to say, you hope she's eighteen, but I, that's who really what knows? But then, she, that's what but then she talks like one of the bad. Like she, t- it's fucking clueless. So who knows right. whether or not what her actual age is? Which always is kind of like well, this is a little sketchy and creepy too. But okay. Well, when I was a young person watching this, I didn't care that much. So I was like, no, oh, obviously. I was like, oh, she's skirts. cute. Yeah, skirts. Yeah, schoolgirl clothes and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the regular whatever. Yeah. Even though her douchey boyfriend seems like he's 27. <laughs> and that made no... You're kinda, and like it's like a Yale, Harvard, like bad douchey yeah. prep thing. And you're like, where the fuck did you even come from? Like you don't even fit in with the no, school at all. He didn't fit into anything. And then also to think that he was like, I'm only thinking really that it wasn't her boyfriend, that it was a friend who's been trying to get with her for a while. And yeah, but he comes it, off like, like a creepy teacher. Like that's not even like there's no... Well, that's what I mean. Like, she, the way they played it off was that at least they were acquaintances, but I wouldn't have called him her boyfriend for sure, especially because he tries to rape her. So, you know, yeah. But I wouldn't have just let them into my car either. I would have been like, I would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like, you're not coming with me. Like, why? Hello? Well, right. Yeah. It made, yeah. Why didn't she say, no, no, like, you're not coming in here? Why does he have a bunch of crystal in this fucking suitcase? What the fuck is that? Well, you what gotta, was the point of that? Well, he had to be careful, though. It's his crystal. It's Lance's crystal. So, <laughs> I know they never There's followed no up. There's no reason they for They never that, followed though. up in the plot point. No. <laughs> I think it was only used literally to make to show that Melvin's still a good guy, even when he doesn't have to be. But if that makes just sense. Been like, There's breakable shit in there. Like, just don't. Yeah. Like, don't fuck up my laptop. Like, you could have said something like that. Because you know, the laptop would have took up that whole goddamn suitcase in the night. Well, yes, anyway. that's, that's true. But you didn't. <laughs> so- you did hear a shake around like he had a chandelier in his suitcase. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> it made no sense. Why? What is the point? I don't. I, exactly. No, you're right. There. You know what, Kelly? You found the one plot hole in this movie. I would like to thank you for that. The one plot hole. <laughs> so their whole plan is they the there's still a limo going to pick her up, which makes no sense because the guy doesn't have any money. Uh, but oh, and they do say college. I do remember that he said I need to pick my daughter up from college. So it is a limo that goes to the college. I, I specifically remember it now. So that does happen. I so yes. I want to know what college requires you to wear uniforms. That's a boarding school. It's not really. It's I. I just looked it up. It's Haven Hill. I don't know Haven Hill College. I don't know what that is. They probably couldn't afford the rights to anything else. Like what else are they gonna do? They're already paying. They're paying Lou Diamond Phillips and Antonio Sabato Jr. Like, they don't have the money. True. They don't have the money now. Uh, so, uh, Cisco and all of them. Their whole plan is they fake a car, like a, a car broken down scenario, so that the limo will stop. And when the limo stops, they shoot him, and Mark Wahlberg takes over as the limo driver. Because once again, he does everything in the thing. But, well, that, and he's the most non-threatening person who looks like a limo driver anyway in that gang. That is that is true. That is true. But what I did like about the scene before that when they're getting ready to take the limo is that he has a whole conversation with Cisco about, you know, asking him if he can borrow money. And Cisco's like, fuck no. Like, I'm not giving you shit. Like, stop letting those bitches run your life. And he's like, why do you even do that? And Mark Wahlberg is like, well, I can't. I can't handle it. I can't handle when people don't like me. He's like, there, I said it. And Cisco goes, you know, hey, Mel, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, the hundreds of people you've killed in the last five years, they probably have family that don't think too highly of you and gives them the double guns. 
Like, come on, Cisco's the man. So, all I want to do is do Loon Diamond Phillips lines the whole yeah, entire see, time. It just comes down to, like, that's why you end up, like, not caring about Wahlberg's character at all with him being the main, is it's, like... Okay, yeah, you're you're being taken advantage of, but you're also fucking pussy. Tell these people to oh, push yeah. up. I'm sorry, you give me a suitcase full of crystal, I'm dropping that shit on the ground. Fuck you, dude. Like, really? Right. right. No, he's and yeah, let's just we'll just flip through that really quick. So yeah, this guy Lance, who's the douchebag that Kelly's been talking to. She's Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's uh blowing her nose there. Uh, so really, so that didn't work at all. Awesome. What were you trying to get to work? That says mute. Oh, no, it did not mute. If anything, it made it louder. That was awesome. the loudest no- nose blow I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Fuck. <laughs> so Lance is a dick, and he wants to get a ride home with the chick. Um, I don't even remember what her name is. Kaiko, I think. And, yeah, it's something like that. And so Mark Wahlberg shows up, and there's automatically an attraction between him and her. She's like, holy shit, this is Mark Wahlberg. And he's like, holy shit, this is a young chick. It was kismet right there. That's uh, what it was. Yeah, exactly. So she, he takes her suitcase, puts it in the back. Then Lance all of a sudden gets up and is like, hey, dude. Hey, I think he said, hey, bro. Hey, bro, here's my suitcase. And he starts to put it in the back. He's like, yo, man, that's expensive crystal. Like, you'll be back driving a taxi. Like, that's a big deal, I guess. I don't know. That was a big. Because you work your down. way up from taxi to limo. It makes sense. I mean, I guess that that makes total sense. It doesn't go like. Well, I mean, it's Uber all the way up to like Uber Lux, so I kind of uh, can see where they're like trying to. Uh, okay, so you got to keep upgrading. Then you get it, yeah. So during this trip back to the meeting place where they're going to tell her that she's kidnapped, Lance is basically trying to rape her. Uh, Mark. Yeah, Walmart, no, 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 no. But it's not even that because they do start making out, and then suddenly it turns into rape. Like it's not like he just kind of starts pawing at her like they are making out and then suddenly it's like but oh, she this doesn't is want to far. though but she doesn't you can tell she doesn't even want to be making out well, then the she should place. have not like if you stop it right there i then. swear kelly if you use this podcast to start blaming women for getting raped again i will not stand for it <laughs> i'm putting my foot down uh, well, when you dress like a whore oh kelly <laughs> oh you've done it again <laughs> okay uniforms next thing ask it just says rape all over it you can't really that's how it happens the ian hates movies podcast does not endorse (laughs) anything that kelly says on said podcast (laughs) no i totally agree with her next thing um so one so he just mark Wahlberg's like fuck this shit this guy's a dick rolls down the window shoots him in the head she's freaked out He's like, oh. The only time she's freaked out during this entire movie, by the way, even though there's all kinds of other shit that goes down. Well, that's true. Now we get to the clearing where all four of them are, and she has to read a note. Now, you you're, you have to be honest. This, this part was funny. This part was funny, where they spelled things on the note incorrectly, so she just yeah, read they, it the they way did it all shorthand. To. Yeah. Come on. That was, that was pretty good. And then she called them the Spice Boys because back in the day, that would have been a funny that joke. That actually was funny. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you the Spice Boys one. I think the problem with like the wrong spelling is it went on too long for me. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. That's, that's fine. That's, you know, there is such thing as the comic timing. But like the guy Gump has his 90s white boy rap gear on, you know, baggy clothes with the huge necklace. Um, Original Eminem. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Cisco. And it's all gaudy, by the way, because it's the 90s. It's all gaudy colors. 
Oh, it can't like barely anywhere anyone wears black or anything like that. Like Cisco's in a maroon tuxedo. Gump's this, wearing this his slightly like, bad like Miami Vice esque. Like yes. it's that kind of like Jesus. Right. And they might the have bullshit. they might have kind of been going for that feel. It is a possibility, which is fine by me. Like I'm whatever. They they got away with it. So now, come on, kids used to right. wear their clothes backwards because I mean, of crisscross. I was slightly upset that Christina Applegate didn't have like the butterfly clips in her hair and just went straight over the edge with the and uh, the overalls and all that kind of stuff. Like we we didn't go full blown, but we got pretty damn close to. I mean, yeah. the whole color scheme in that house was like fuck. I'm watching oh, yeah. Friends. She was wearing like uh, she was wearing what do you call it like yoga stuff the first time you meet her or whatever. Right, that it looks like you could probably tuck her tits into because it goes way the fuck up. Definitely no low cut anything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because it's the nineties, baby. <laughs> so, so once again, Mark Wahlberg gets the shit because they're like, Cisco goes, "Hey, so take this uh, Japanese bitch and put her in your house with your uh, fucking girlfriend because uh, she's not going anywhere." So he's like, "What the fuck?" You know. So once again, he has to do something that shouldn't be his job you know that kind of thing because he is the pushover so he locks her in the downstairs basement of his other of the girlfriend's apart or house that he paid for i'm guessing right i would assume and puts on a movie and is all nice to her and stuff and then the bitch girlfriend comes down and starts yelling at him that she doesn't have the money you know all that shit and then the girl kaiko is just like shaking her head like oh this guy's pussy whipped like, right there. So now everyone knows. Now everyone in the fucking movie knows that he's a pussy. That's just the way it's got to be. So right. she wants, the, the, the girlfriend wants 25 grand, and they've shown her in bed with another dude uh, with, like, long hair and shit, and they're watching... It's random Fabio stupid bullshit. Yeah, and they're watching a movie. They're watching, like, King Kong something, King Kong Returns or something like that. Uh, and that's the running gag throughout this movie as well, is that Big Top Video, the annoying guy from Big Top Video, keeps calling Melvin and asking where the movie is. Because if you remember back in the day, renting movies on VHS, it was a big deal to be late because they would charge you a shit ton of money for these uh, VHSs. So, Kelly, do you actually remember that being a kid? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, our Hollywood video, Blockbuster, all that stuff. Or I like just the random, like, hole-in-the-wall, like, mom-and-pop places that always had the most random crap. Oh, yeah. Um, but speaking of VHS, going to oh. side note you a little bit there. Did you see the advertisement that popped up today about Deadpool? <laughs> no. Are they putting it out on VHS? <laughs> They're, it's re- just let you know, millennials, releasing it May 10th, VHS and Laserdisc. Oh, okay. So it's not really happening then. No, but oh, okay. it was hysterical to him. Like, oh, because was shit, it was awesome. a stupid April Fool's joke then? Is that what they were no, doing? No, oh, I okay. think it's just them trying to be like, fuck you, we're releasing it on VHS. Oh, okay. because, because I will tell you, it is a new trend with some music, uh, with some bands at least now, that they are releasing albums on cassette. <gasps> no, and that's a real thing. That's cool. Uh, not really. I got nothing <laughs> against that. Really? But you have yeah, something. But you have something against this movie. Yeah. Oh fuck you, Kelly. <laughs> oh fuck you. <laughs> so when when is Deadpool Blu-ray coming out? Did it? No, say? I believe it is all being released on May tenth. That seems pretty early. Am I wrong? February. Yeah, I guess so. 
I don't know. I just well, they want their, everything in the summer comes out for December, yeah. so that's the same kind of timeline. And I guess they want their money quick too. Like, why keep it when people are actually? Because I'll probably actually buy it. It'll be the first Blu-ray I bought in forever. Like, Fuck just, yeah, I want to yeah. see all the outtakes and the bloopers and bullshit. Yeah, it's something that would actually be fun. That's for sure. So okay, so back to the movie. Right. And so, by the way, yeah. Yes. So it's the black woman, black bitch, um, <laughs> bitching about crap, and then it's Kiko. Really, anyway, he's Kiko, pussy yeah. whip. And then Big Top Video is constantly calling him and right. threatening his life because they want their copy of like King Kong Returns back or whatever, you know, all that kind of shit. So he's dealing with that as well. But it turns out that the girlfriend and the guy she's cheating on him cheating on whatever everyone's cheating on everyone uh right that they're watching and they love that movie for some reason so they're just trying to get the money off of him and then they're going to split uh but he doesn't have the money yet because of this whole kidnapping thing that they're trying to get money for so finally they go back to this little like airplane warehouse thing where gump has this huge setup and you know it's a fucking 90s movie because what are trace busters (laughs) like what are those things? They look like huge humongous VCRs. Like and Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and you plug them in, you plug them into your phone, and it doesn't allow people to trace your the call from your phone. And then he's got a trace buster buster and a trace buster 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 that for some reason why other people would have trace busters, I don't know. I didn't have one. Were you lucky enough to have one, Kelly? Um, I wasn't in a lot of kidnappings in the 90s, so I didn't really feel the need to. Let me tell you, you missed out. I'm just going to say that from the get-go. You really missed out. <laughs> but yeah, but having hostages is such sloppy work. I'd rather just go in and just take care of business and leave. That's why I'm going to deal with nothing. I had a feeling you were more of an Electra than a Daredevil. I, I, will, yeah. I will say that. <laughs> By the way, without spoiling anything, I did finish uh, season two of Daredevil. And I thought it was actually better than season one. So if yeah, you, we were surprised by that. Yeah, if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed season one, I'd be very surprised if you didn't enjoy season two. Uh, Electra and Punisher, which everyone knows, that's not a spoiler. It's like on the posters and everything. Uh, I thought right. it was great. I thought they did a really good job with Electra, especially uh, the guy who plays the Punisher was uh, Shane from The Walking Dead. If you remember him, so he does a very good job as well. But I think storyline-wise, they really put it on a good path, and they're kind of bringing in uh, the other Marvel universe as well, which is good. So if anyone wants to watch it, make sure you do because uh, we probably will talk about that at some point. I don't want to spoil that for people now because who cares about the big hit? But I don't want to spoil Daredevil for people. You know? Right. Yeah. So they go back to this airplane warehouse type thing. Gump's got his. Trace Busta Busta Busta's set up and he's going over how to do it so that Cisco's fine. And basically Cisco's gonna be the one that makes the call and then they're gonna make sure, you know, it's all traced. So they give a call. Now when they call the guy, he's basically about to commit Harry Carey because Well, he, it's 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 the samurai suicide. It's the honorable way to yes. to die when you right. commit shame like that on your family, family yeah. and yourself. So he's about to he's about to do that. Goes over to his phone. For some reason, Cisco doesn't have it loaded up on his voice recorder when they were recording the the kidnapping message. So he has to rewind. Right. Blah blah. He hangs up because he thinks it's a prank caller. Cisco calls again. Does it now? When this happens, 
trust me when they say the mansion is cleared out of everything in the house. Like everything's been repossessed, all that kind of stuff. But he still has a trace buster connected to his phone, which makes no sense. No, and he's going to kill himself in front of his hideously giant, ugly poster. Like, I see only yeah. two things, apparently, in the whole damn house. That and his Trace Buster, because the Trace Busters must be worth, like, a ton of money, because they are huge. They're like computers. <laughs> That's how big oh, no, yeah, they are. look like laser disc players. They're yeah. fucking huge. Yeah. So, for some reason, he tries to trace the call, but, of course, there are way too many Trace Buster Busters on Cisco's end. So, Cisco tells him he wants, I think, I think they only asked for $1 million. It was just like it was like Doctor Evil. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know it was the nineties, but I think they could have asked for a little bit more. Right. One no million. No rate of inflation at all. Yeah, exactly. So you know what? That's weird, Kelly. I'm finding these plot holes from time to time that I never realized yeah. before. Yeah. So Cisco's really happy with himself. He's saying, "I'm the man. You're a bad man. I'm the man." And he's really, you know, he's really getting down with himself. Really enjoying himself. While this is happening, um, Christina Applegate's parents show up, and this is where you get even way more obnoxious, like, really insulting stereotype Jewish people, for sure. The, the right, Which you don't necessarily get from the dad, because he doesn't really say anything well, until the end. Yeah, it's, no, that's very true. It's nor, but she's in control of him. Like, he doesn't, he's not allowed to drink. And she's very demanding of him, tells him what to do, when to shut up, like all that kind of stuff. And then she's had so much plastic surgery on herself. Yeah, that, I mean, she doesn't look too young to me, but. Which is like, that was 200 grand? What the fuck did you look like beforehand? Just well, that's, an ass? Yeah, like, that's. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck? I mean, you would think to make Christina Applegate, she'd have to be somewhat attractive. You know what I mean? It could skip a generation. Because, yeah, I didn't. that's another thing. I was like, you guys did not pair these parents up well at no. all because I do not see a chain of you're adopted <laughs> is what that came across. Like, that's how that. But who doesn't, want, who doesn't want Elliot Gould in their film? You know what I mean? I, I would want Elliot Gould in the film. And I thought, actually, to bring in a, what I would consider a very funny tie-in, I just, th- I just thought of Elliot Gould from American History X. <laughs> and I saw a Mark Wahlberg just doing the sign. You're not welcome. <laughs> awesome. Oh fuck. So awesome. yes, that's how bad these stereotypes were. So <laughs> her mom finds out that Mark Wahlberg is not Jewish during this time, and she's just spitting. You know, she's doing the you know, like how you know. Uh, like you're a heretic, is yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah a Jew, exactly. A Jew and a a Jew and a Catholic getting together. How do your parents feel about this? And he's like, um, actually, my parents are dead. And she's like, see, and Christina Applegate's like, his parents were dead way before this. And she's like, you can't get married to him. And she's like, I'll marry whoever I want. And she said, no. And she's like, I'll marry a black man. And it was like, where is this coming from? Where did this, where did this come from? I don't know. Well, like the funny thing is, is to get that extremism from the that community is you'd have to be Jewish Orthodox, and clearly, mom oh, and yeah. dad are not Jewish Orthodox. I would, so it's kind of like, how do you have that extreme like set up and be like, like I, really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you're not allowed to have tattoos in some areas, you're not allowed to have plastic surgery. I would think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you can't alter your body at all. Yeah, because it's God's creation. It's that kind of a blah blah. Uh, blah. Aren't we all, Kelly? Aren't we all? 
Continuing uh, on. Yes, I'm trying to. So, uh, Mark Wahlberg is so nice that he goes over to the father who's just like barely talks and says, you know, hey, I won't marry your daughter if you don't want me to. Like, he's like, oh, I'll take them to Temple tomorrow morning. It'll be fine. And then he asks him for a drink. So, of course, Mark Wahlberg goes in to get him a drink. And I remember this, like, as a child, remembering seeing people drink scotch or rum or some type of liquor. And it always looked amazing of how excited they got for it. You know what I'm talking about? Do you not you don't remember this? No. Okay. Maybe it was just a childhood memory of mine. I was like, I need to hang out with your family more. Because my family was like, eh, this is what we do. No, no, like, no. <laughs> not my family. No, I'm talking about movies. I'm talking about when they took, when when the people either were getting a drink or when they took that first sip. It oh, always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah, it always, yeah, like that kind of thing. So that always, that always reminded me of when I used to drink soda for some reason. That's what I always thought. <laughs> yeah, that's what yes. I always thought it was. You're so cool. <laughs> I know, right? So anyway, so that's he gets all excited. Like he starts like licking his lips. He's so excited that there's about to be alcohol because he doesn't get any. Um, and then as they're he's about to hand, they go slow motion, and they knock the drink out of his hand instead of just taking it away from him. They make it all dramatic and they knock it out of his hand, and they go never give daddy any drinks, and they're like it's bad. And he just early gold just walks away and goes it's not that bad. <laughs> I walked away. I thought that was a great line. Not, it's not bad. It's not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> not that bad when I drink. So that was that was pretty good. Then you cut back to the uh, the Japanese guy, the bill or not billionaire anymore. It turns out that he calls Paris, who once we had mentioned before is the leader of the hitmen. You know, whatever right. you want to, whatever you want to say. It turns out that they are very good friends. And that Kaiko is his goddaughter. So, oh shit. That's not good. Right? They're, right. they're, they're furthering along this plot. They are furthering along this plot. <laughs> so, he's, he's pissed off. He's pissed off. He calls, he calls right away to Cisco. And Cisco's still all excited because he's got, you know, they're going to get paid. They're going to get their money. And then he's like, oh shit. I got to run. There's my cough. Um, I got to run. And he tells Gump, don't do shit until I get back. And Gump's like, I can handle this. Like, that's fine. And he's like, don't do shit till I get back. He leaves in his nice gaudy shirt, his sparkly shirt, with his pants all the way up. And he makes it all the way <laughs> to the meeting. Now, he doesn't, Paris does not call anyone else in the hit group. No, which kind of, I mean, it just gives you the idea that apparently it's a seniority thing and Cisco's been with the company or whatever the longest. And that's why I'd pull you in because you're one of my head. Yeah. Um, but he I also calls in like 30 scene. other people too, though. No, uh, yeah, which yeah. It, that gives you no background for exactly. Right. He just all the other random henchmen or whatnot. Right. But out of everybody else, mind you, everyone else is in muted colors and is yes. in actual suit. <laughs> yes. Right. So it's kind of <laughs> like the only time people are in black. Background yeah. Fodder. <laughs> right. yeah. And, <laughs> Cisco couldn't look more guilty. Like I fucking did this. Yes, and they, like, you can I know. Look more guilty what... than Manly Pot. Like you're sweating and you're just kind of like stuttering over yourself and it's, it's kind of like it's fucking hilarious. Come on, it's oh another. It is another funny scene because he's realizing for the first time because Paris has this whole speech about what would you do, you know, in the society of outside the law. There's still built. There's still things built on trust. 
And what would you do to someone who murders that trust, who steals from you, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Lou Diamond Phillips like, what's going on? And then he starts putting it together and he's just sweating the whole time in his gaudy shirt. Well, I mean, they foreshadow before that anyway, that any type of outside stuff is frowned upon anyway. Like they're not supposed to do outside gigs within the, within yeah. the company. Well, that's why Melvin wasn't doing it originally and then right. got pulled in because he needed the money. Yeah, right. that, yeah, that makes sense. So Paris basically talks to him like, you know, like it's his fault, but not really. So the whole time you're thinking, right. does he know? But really, he doesn't. So he's just he's he's putting out hypothetical situation questions. For Which it would have been Cisco. a better movie if he did know. And it was just a whole mind fuck. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it was still a great movie. So I'll, I'll let him slide on that one. So while this is happening, Cisco's phone goes off. And, of course, they didn't know how to put that shit on silent back then. So the phone goes off, and Paris takes it and smashes it. So that takes away the whole calling Gump and telling him, do not call, or calling anyone right, right. and warning right. them. You know what I mean? Which I think he would have done. Even though he's a bad guy, I think he would have because... I think he would have. I think he definitely would have contacted Gump only because it would have covered his own ass. Yes. He, he's clearly traced back to this. Like, that's not even an issue. Yeah, right, right. Which is shocking. To begin with, like oh, as soon as that person popped up, why wouldn't they have been like, "Isn't this your person?" Like, yes, exactly, exactly. So now Cisco's stuck there, basically waiting with all the other hitmen until they get the call in the morning. But now Cisco's also thinking, "Well, I told Gump not to call, so everything should be fine." So we leave that, we leave that situation, and we come up to the next Benny Hill type situation, where the girlfriend decides fuck this i'm not waiting for melvin's money i'm going off with my boyfriend uh my other guy that i'm cheating on him with i guess or whatever and drops off yeah drops off the two like the dead body bags as well as kaiko all tied up in her schoolgirl costume thing whatever and just in mid in broad daylight (laughs) oh no yeah it's like two in the afternoon yeah broad absolute broad daylight and obviously Christina Applegate's family is still there. So right. now you get into the, you know, one person gets loose while the other thing's doing and he's going around. So yeah, yeah. Christina Applegate looks in the, in the trash to see what's in there. And he stops her before she actually sees it's dead bodies and says it's deer meat. And then he puts Kaiko in the, like the, um, truck, thing or whatever and she gets loose and now she's like hopping around inside the house right no yeah no one sees her yet uh so then he has to go through the bathroom to get you know all this kind of stuff and everyone's just running around it's a crazy it's crazy time in that household so i just feel bad for melvin because he's got to deal with all this shit right no because he (laughs) brings all this shit on himself damn it kelly (laughs) they have been working him up to being the sympathetic person you were supposed to be on his side. No, don't no. be pussy. All right, fine. Yes, every, if anyone can take away a moral or any inspirational quote or anything from this movie, it's Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. What is it? Don't be a pussy. Don't be. I mean, you can't be a hitman and be a pussy. Like this doesn't work. It's, <laughs> no. Sorry. Okay. There you go. So. <laughs> while this is happening, somehow, and I I don't know why this doesn't happen all the time, but. Christina Applegate's father says he's going down to the kitchen for some prune juice, pours out the prune juice, and pours a whole shitload of liquor in it. So I'm not <laughs> sure how this doesn't happen all the time 
anyway, right. you know, but he, he does it. So the whole time now he keeps it quiet and he just sips it while things are going down the house. While this is happening, he also gets Melvin also gets a call from Big Top Video again. The guy threatening his life and telling him. He Which, better, by the way, you know, this character is amazing. Like you couldn't get more SNL over the top sketch comedy, bad acting we should, person. We should look up what he's doing now and see if he's better than anything else. <laughs> that's actually a good point. Because it was amazing. Yes, he is so over the top. He's got uh, just his size and. He's got black dark rim glasses. He's a redhead. He's just having the time of his life. Like, it's just bam. All right, how about this? You take over where they go from here, and I will look up that guy um, on here. Um, okay, so pretty much what happens is does the, they jump back over to um, Lou Diamond Phillips and busting. Oh, no, no, it's the phone call. He makes the phone call. Because he's an idiot. So Gump makes a phone call yep. and pretty much uh, so and he stays on the phone long enough for them to trace him. And this is interesting. This particular tracer can tell you exactly who the person is, what they look like. Mind you, it's all 8-bit, so it's not really a great what they look like. But it's but everything it's, it's about that whole, person. Like, right. DNA is fucking on there for some reason. They can all tell this through your stuttering on the phone for 30 seconds. Right. No, that's very true. Oh, by the um, way, so I did find the guy. His name is Danny Smith. And he stopped making movies in 2015. So that's pretty good. I mean, that's a good long career there. Um, but I'm having trouble. He was in a lot of things that uh, people wouldn't know. Have you, ever seen a, have you ever seen in 1999 to 2002 a TV show called Big Wolf on Campus? Oh, I know what that is. Do you? All right. Yeah. All right. Well, he was in that. Uh he was in Senior Trip. Okay. Senior okay. Trip. Uh, oh, that's oh. He was in PCU as well, but he was just an uncredited guy. But I do remember him now because any I remember everyone about uh, PCU. Uh, but yeah, so hey, I mean, he he had a semi career. You know, that's something. Anyway, if you can make money, cool. Yeah. All right. So makes the call, right? So now Lou Diamond Phillips, they're like, go get him. And then while this is happening, uh, while this is happening, the father takes the daughter and the mother uh, from Melvin to Temple, and he's going to cook them a Jewish dinner. Kosher meal. Kosher meal. Well, he. I think they even say Jewish dinner. I don't even think they say kosher meal. <laughs> I think they say like that's how fucked up this movie can be. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to say. Yeah, I want to say it references both. But no, I did. I do remember Jewish meal too. We were like. Okay. Yeah. So he gets Kaiko and she gets like knocked out somehow on like the trunk of the car or something. And he gets her and he has to help her like go to the bathroom. And for some reason, this, this is, is like creepy and perverted. Like and it was not needed in this movie at all. I was going to say like one of the sexiest things about this movie. Gross. But okay. All right, Kelly. Hey, by the way, did okay. you ch- did you check out those vending machines for me in Japan? <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> so, oh, jeez. I See have some all? stuff I need to send you. Oh no, don't. I think the I think the like someone would track that. Let's not let me get my trace buster buster. It'll be first. a whole box full of evil. I'll send because Force Awakens comes out on Friday uh, and I'll send that to you. Gross. Oh. Oh. Oh, talk about garbage. See? <laughs> talk about whole box full yeah. of people for you. Talk about urine. <laughs> Ew. And waste. Anyway, so it's so it's so hard to describe this scene without getting too sexy. 
Uh, but <laughs> Please, I want to hear this. I want to sit here and watch you describe this without being a complete pervert. You know they, well, first of all, you know they both already have eyes for each other because we've established that already. Not really, though. Yes, like, I really. I down in my nose. Um, this went from kidnapping, quote unquote, someone legal to love story? What the fuck? Like, that's the exact note I have written down here. No, no, no. no lead up at all. No, Other they made she, they made eyes at each other when they first met. Like she's been like sympathetic to him. Oh yeah, for sure. No, no doubt about it. There's there's something happening here. That's all I'm saying. So they go they go into the bathroom and he has to like un like pull down her panties for him or for her. Then she goes to she he leaves like a gentleman and then comes back when she says done and then pulls them back up. No wiping required, so that's good. You know, thumbs up on that one. It is rated R, by the way, to too. Point out that, yeah, I know. I'd also point out that those panties, not hot panties. They were clearly grandma panties. Like, they looked like she was putting, pulling shorts up. Like, they were not cute. Well, yeah. I was mean, not sexy. I don't think they were trying for that before. And by the way, personal reference, you can totally take your underwear off while handcuffed. Just saying. And probably pull them back up. Oh, geez. Was this from your makeout parties? Or is this something... No, was you this, graduate. Uh, was this when John Wick was in the background? Ah, <laughs> uh, no comments. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so then he also feeds her pizza uh, while she's handcuffed, and it's all sexy like. And they're enjoying talking about his life, and she's telling him. <laughs> That's what it was. It's yeah, definitely sexy. Yeah, he's telling. She's telling him. He's pussy whipped basically and that he can't let people step all over him, but it's not their fault because he's the one that lets them do it. Like she's the voice of reason, you know, and he's saying, oh, but I just want everyone to like me, all that kind of bullshit. So, yeah, so that happens. Then, like we said, uh, the call is made. Lou Diamond Phillips loses his mind. Now he has to go get now he has to go get Gump. But while that's also happening on the side. Uh, Mark Wahlberg gets Kaiko to help him make the kosher dinner. So they just have one Jewish cookbook in the house. So he just goes off of that and just starts cooking. I don't know where he got everything. Right. (laughs) It doesn't seem like this was planned. No, not at all. It's a surprise that like everything is in his apartment just ready to go. That happens to be kosher too to be able to make all this stuff. Exactly. But they get a little closer and closer. She, she, uh, sorry, he undoes the handcuffs because she needs them to, to do things. And then their hands meet in the, uh, the bread, the dough. Yes, how very ghost of them. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so borderline messing around in clay kind of bullshit where you're like, that's not how you do a chicken. And there's no way it's like, <laughs> it's just, that's just not how this, this is, no, it's. Ugh, like I can't. What? You've never, you've never been kidnapped, had your handcuffs undone, and then made a romantic kosher meal. I've never felt cold chicken. I felt like you know what? I kind of want to touch myself while I do this. Like those feelings don't connect. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I, I look. I'm just. I'm talking about my personal experience. So I was like, I'm right so at home. Who doesn't cook for people? So this is this is intriguing. I don't have a big kitchen. That's what it is. Yeah. If I had that huge ass humongous kitchen that he had in the suburbs, I'd be all about making kosher meals. Just give me a cookbook. I'm all about this. Can give me give me an unhandcuffed Japanese girl in a in a Catholic schoolgirl uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was part of the deal. Fucking a. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So they they keep talking more. They're making this this food now. I forget what was exactly said, but he basically moves the smooth talk into murder talk somehow, and she freaks yeah. out. Yeah, and she freaks out and starts screaming and thinks that he's going to murder her because he is a hitman. So that's what she thinks, and he has to gag her up again and you know put her away so that she's quiet and all that kind of stuff. So he finishes the meal. They're all ready to go. Now, this time, we flash over where Lou Diamond Phillips shows up at Gump's place. Well, basically, everyone shows up at Gump's place. They all right. break down the walls. Gump doesn't know what's going on. What I did like, it's the little things sometimes about acting that I like. Lou Diamond Phillips does not come in first because that would have been stupid of him because Gump would have been like, hey, Playa, what's up? You know, that yeah, kind of exactly. thing. Yeah. But what happens is so they all surround him with their laser guns on him. Lou Diamond Phillips comes in quick through the middle of the group, jumps on Gump. You see Gump's face light up because he's like, oh, here's my boy. But before he can say anything, Lou Diamond Phillips punches him in the gut. You know, is like, hey, you dirty piece of shit. Like, where is she? You know, where is she? Keeps anytime he tries to talk, punches him again, doesn't let him spill the beans that they're, you know, in charge uh, of this or that he's in charge of the whole kidnapping. Right. And then as he's throwing him around, he's like, where is she? Who's in charge? And he starts whispering to him, Melvin, Melvin. So, of course, Gump doesn't know what's going on. So he just says, Melvin, out loud. And Lou right. Diamond Phillips like throws him down again, then puts his hand on it, helps like oh, Melvin Smiley. I can't believe it. That was my boy. Like, how could he do so? Come on, Lou Diamond Phillips is so great. He's so great as the sleazy bad guy who just <laughs> who's so happy to get away with things. Like, it's, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's so good because now all the bad guys are looking around like, okay, we got to get Melvin. And then what was sad was, but what was also uh, fun for me, and you, you'll see it at the end, was Lou Diamond Phillips has knives on rings. So <laughs> he pulls out his it's first... It's your favorite part of this whole movie because it's the only way you were referencing this. No, it's it's later on when the knuckle up bitch part comes God, on. It's horrible. <laughs> but he takes the knife and it's such a nasty knife. It's so It's so cool. And unfortunately, Gump has to be sacrificed. And while he's doing this, he's like whispering, like Cisco's whispering in his ear that he's always, you've always wanted to help me out. Like, this is what you can do for me. Like, it's oddly touching and psychotic. Creepy. Yeah, yeah, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Gump is now out of the picture. And now it's time to go get Melvin, as Cisco rightly says. Come on, Kelly. You know you're getting into this. You know you're totally getting into this film. I'm like, and it's not over yet. Fuck, I got 30 more minutes at this point. God damn. All right. That's just sad. That is just, I am sorely disappointed. And mind you, okay, so the one highlighting graces is once you realize that they're going to show up at Melvin's house with the in-laws or whatever the fuck you can call them, I'm like, please, God, kill everyone in the house. And not even that happens. Well... But it is, once again, it is a good scene because what they do is they go ahead and Cisco also calls Paris and lets him know that it's Melvin. So now Paris and the father are going after Melvin too. But of course, the hit squad gets to Melvin's house first with Cisco. So right. everyone's sitting down for the meal and you can tell the father's a little drunk. 
even though no one else can tell apparently right yeah, now. No one else picks up on it. Right. But Cisco gets invited in with two other goons, right? And they get to and this at this point Melvin gets a call from Crunch and Crunch says, "Hey man, I'm getting out of the fucking country. You need to as well." It turns out that Paris is, you know, that's his goddaughter, you know, all that kind of stuff. But while he's at the airport getting ready to leave, he's got a he's got a like hand workout thing going which is interesting because all the things i've seen him use before i've actually seen people use for guitar for a number of other things to strengthen your fingers and stuff because he jacks off all the time like some sort of medieval fucked up contraption like i've never seen this thing before and you know what would be funny imagine now trying to get on an airplane with that like that's that's the difference between between also, them. Also, did you and, see the bottle of lotion he bought? Oh, like, there's he, no way that's getting on the plane either. He was like, "I said lanolin, motherfucker. Give me some lanolin." <laughs> yeah, it's just this huge ass, huge thing of jack off cream. So Crunch's character is locked in. Crunch is like, I'm surprised they didn't call him like Stroke or something. <laughs> like, why was his name Crunch? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so he at least is. He's one of the good guys. So he calls Melvin and is like, yeah, get the fuck out, man. This is, you know, he didn't seem to ever be one of the ones that was taking advantage of him. So he warns him. Now it's a little bit too late because as he's about to take off, he's got his weapons. He's got his duffel bag full of weapons that he took from his cabinets. He's about to leave. And by the way, he puts on a loud yellow parka. For some reason, windbreaker. Yeah, right. what's the difference? What's the difference? To cover his, I know, to cover to cover his his bulletproof vest and all the other bullshit True. he has apparently strapped to him. But I did like that. I did like that. It's like bright, bright yellow too. Oh like yeah, yeah. Because of the, as like, a hitman, it's not gonna be a moving target at yeah, all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he has that second where he can leave. He can totally leave and be free with Kaiko, but he hears the parents and his fiance let. Cisco and the two thugs in so he can't go because he's Melvin what is he gonna do he's Melvin Smiley he can't leave these guys alone he's a hero he's a he's a bad guy hero thing or something I don't know bad hitman good hitman guy I don't know whatever you want to call by the way uh the meal did not work out so he had to order kosher food too so all that hard work and it still didn't work so he had to order the food also by the way, and I know everyone's super interested in all this kind of stuff, so I have to I have to mention it. <laughs> when the when the fiance and the parents get back, the mother has convinced because obviously Christina Applegate is not a forward thinker. Uh, her mother has persuaded her to break off the engagement right. with with Melvin just by herself. Yeah, because they just went to Temple. And then asks, because she's very selfish, do you think he'll still let us keep the money? Which right. is fucking ridiculous. Right. Like, absolutely ridiculous. So, she's going to break up with him, like, I guess at dinner or something like that. But, of course, Cisco and the thugs come in. So, now you've got this stare down. Melvin sits down. They've got a tablecloth. They've got all the food strapped uh, out. And what happens is every bad guy now has guns underneath the table. Drawn. Drawn, yep. And they're all just, they know what's about to go down. No one else knows about, you know, what's going to go down. So this is the time for the father to go on his drunken, 
<laughs> rampage. Rampage. And everything he says is completely correct. And you're like, this is why you don't let him drink because um, he tells you that you guys are kind of useless bitches. Yeah. Tells tells his daughter that she sucks because she listens to her mother. Tells the mother that she's ex- ugly, that she spent all this you're right. money. I spent <laughs> 200 grand on you and you still look like trash. Yeah. And. Then the mother is like asking Cisco and the and the goons like if she still looks like a desirable woman, and that's <laughs> and Cisco's like yeah sure bitch like, what, yeah like, whatever cool. yeah you look great yeah while they're all staring at you know Melvin because they're ready to pop off whenever this is gonna happen, uh, and then the dad spills the beans that uh, the daughter was going to break up with Melvin even though he's so nice but then it said that he had a Rain Man like quality. <laughs> It's also funny. This is why Elliot Gould was great. Like this was. No, yeah, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, he was underused, but this was this was a great moment for him to shine. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> while he's in this drunken state, he pulls away the tablecloth, which leaves the glass that's underneath it's it. The, it's the nineties. Yeah. everybody had glass dining room tables. Well, what were you gonna do your coke off of? I mean, it's true. Come on. It's either mirrored. Mirrors were so 70s. It's mirrored or glass. That's that's what you're going for. So he goes ahead. And as they pull that across, it shows everyone's weapons. But then Elliot Gould goes ahead and throws up on Cisco's really nice, Ew. really nice suit. And Cisco goes, oh, you gross motherfucker. And falls back. See how loud? Because it was so perfectly timed. And Melvin takes his shot, his sawed-off shotgun, and shoots the two thugs. So then it's right. a shootout between Melvin and Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, Cisco. Right. And right. now the whole family is now, you know, like trudging on the ground. And while Melvin's still shooting, he's asking Christina Applegate, "Were you really going to break up with me?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I wish this would have worked out." And he says the same thing to the mom. He's like, "I'm really sorry about dinner." And she's like, "Could have been worse." I'm like, "What?" It's okay. Right? Yeah. You well, apologize to these people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that just keeps this whole nice guy persona thing. Right. Uh <laughs> so, I did like this scene a lot. I thought it was I thought it was cute. Uh, it was a cute little scene. Uh, and now you get to the big shootout and car chase, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Kelly, do you have anything to put in here? I feel like I've been talking for a while. Well, it's actually amazing foreshadowing because the yellow Camaro he gets into, I'm like, oh my God, that's why he's the star of Transformers. It's Bumblebee. Oh, the original. Yes. There you go. See, hey, look at that reference. Well done. Yeah. See, I'm trying to make this work somehow for me. And I'm like, <laughs> how can I tie this in? And Kaiko is... In the, in the trunk of that car too. And by the way, so now this is Thank all the. Thank God she's a little Asian because no one would ever actually fit into the small size of that t- fucking trunk. Well, that, that very true. Now while this is also happening, you've got Paris and the father that are off on the hunt for for Melvin as well. In a stretch limo. In a stretch limo. Now, which makes right. zero sense. And, and by the way, what's with um, all of these uh, hitman and stuff? In fucking minivans. Like, really? Because this was before the Escalade came out and they could do something cool? Like, why the fuck are you in shitty minivans? Like, they're Chevys. Like, they're not even... It's the 90s. It's horrible. It's the 90s. That's not the answer to all this. Well, because that's crap. Because um, another great action 90s movie, I believe, True Lies, they were at least in SUVs. Okay, fine. They had to be a little different. I don't know. It was last minute. It's budget. It's fine. Well, while this is also happening, then, the girlfriend and the other guy took the weirdest shortcut ever, I guess, that gets them to come to this intersection where they're having the firefight 
and they completely crash into the mini. Basically, everyone like. Well, it's all Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, like, it's yeah, all exactly. Yeah, giant clusterfuck where you're like, how did everyone manage to meet on this one side road where there's no other cars? No other cars whatsoever. Yeah, and everyone takes a tumble. The minivan goes. The limo goes. The girlfriend and her boyfriend. Uh, the case of money and the King Kong VHS are somehow easily in the middle of the road. Just chucked yeah. out in the. Yeah, Kaiko is now in the car. You know, she's outside of the, you know, not in the trunk anymore. Uh, Mark Wahlberg takes care of all the bad guys by throwing a grenade into their minivan, which I thought was good. That was good thought by him, right? No? Yeah, I think, I'll, yeah, it's it's very, because you got to have those explosion scenes in the the 90s movies anyway, which is fine. Yeah. Um, But it's still one of those, you have a Camaro versus a minivan. True. But, hey, I mean, like I said, 90s. That's my answer. (laughs) 90s. That's fine. So he picks up the VHS, picks up the money, and of course he's not angry at the chick for stealing the money. He's angry at the chick that she was going to take the VHS tape and not Ripping return it. Ripping off the crappy Hong Kong movie. Yeah, not King return Kong it. Movie. Yes, yes, King Kong right. movie. Yep. So he's like, fuck you. He doesn't kill her or kill him. He's just, Which is also disappointing. Yeah, he's also just very disappointed in them uh, for what they were going to do. Which is which is great. Uh, <laughs> I just I'm laughing. Now at this at this point, he goes back to Kaiko and is like, "Hey, we can live our life together. You know, we can be happy and in love." Um, but guess who survived the minivan? Of course, it's good old Lou Diamond Phillips. Now Lou Diamond yeah, Phillips comes back. Lives. Yeah, he comes this back is- and he punches the boyfriend. And kicks the skanky bitch out of the car. Which I'm disappointed in. Like, you got, you really couldn't have executed both of them because that would have made this a better movie. Because I'm like, these are both useless characters and they both kind of deserve that. Yeah. And then they have a gun pulled on them again because Paris comes over and is like, do you know where Melvin Smiley is? And has a gun to him, but he doesn't kill them either. So they're no. just the luckiest people ever. Yeah, they just sit in the road. So now, before, before. Um, Mark Wahlberg and Kaiku can disappear together and be in love. Like, obviously, this has been leading up to. It makes perfect sense. She's not happy with her father. She's not happy with college. Like, she's got Mark Wahlberg. I mean, you saw the montage video. Like, he's cut. He might be short, but she's kind of short, too. So, it just, it works out. You know, it works out for what it is. So, he tells her he just absolutely cannot be the only person in this relationship falling head and heels in love. And we've already figured out the time span of this movie is all of 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because, yeah, we did we did miss the Saturday part. But, yeah, he drives her to Big Top Video because, of course, before they disappear, they have to return the video. Return the video. Yeah. So while he's telling her, by the way, that line, too, is I absolutely cannot be the only one in this relationship that falls head over heels in love is a fucking great line. That is, I hope, I hope someday that I love a woman enough that I say that. Because that is just a great, great line. Am I not right? Am I not right? Once again, I don't know how you, I don't know how you forgot all these lines. Well, you can't hear Mark Wahlberg. Like you turn the volume up and you get screamed out by the other three fuckers, I and then be- he's barely like. I could basically do this movie quote for quote. 
Like, well, that just tells you because we've been watching it for the past twenty years. That's why. <laughs> twenty years. Holy shit! This movie came out in ninety eight. <laughs> ninety eight. Fuck. It's almost been twenty years. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think I saw. I was I was too young to watch R rated movies at this time, so I think I saw this probably later. Probably when I was in late college or something like that. That's what that's what would be my guess. But anyways, so seems like a college movie. Yeah. Of course, then, Kaiko and Mark Wahlberg make out. Because, of course. When it's awkward, it's not good making out. It's bad Are you sure? I thought, it, I thought it looked good. Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe maybe I just haven't so seen... If, if you're focusing on the so She's like eating his... Head, but if you look at him, he looks like he's trying to suck her face off. No, like, no. It's not a good... I actually, no. I actually brought it up. I brought it up so I could see. Um, no, she's the one eating his face. It's not him. She's all but about this. She's like, this is not, Mark not Wahlberg. Super stereotypical, but um, mm, so I, okay, it's I, true. Hold that hold. They they do that. I can't. Tell. <laughs> You're a terrible. It's from person. anime. They don't really. know Once what again, doing. I do not endorse. <laughs> Ian hates. Ian <laughs> hates <laughs> movies. Does not condone what <laughs> Kelly says on this podcast. We're all playing character. We're all playing characters on this, anyways. But uh. No, she's eating his face for sure. I just saw that. But what was great was they did a close up. They did a close up of Lou Diamond Phillips with a huge ass gold tooth in the front, which is hilarious. Which looking psychotic. Oh yes, absolutely. Because yeah. he is he is a great actor. So he knocks the car so hard that it's basically now on a cliff. It goes over the cliff and is on a tree. That's Which on is, the, is the most dangerous um, movie rental place apparently ever. That yes. is just randomly on the side of a cliff. And on top of that, the amount of force, I'm pretty sure he would have ended up breaking out both their teeth with the, the, the way that they were making out. Oh, sure. I mean, she yeah. would have bit him like crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, but now they get out of the car and get down on the cliff. And now Lou Diamond Phillips has somehow found them. I don't know how it's possible because it was a cliff. But now he's driving through the forest and knows exactly where they are. This Mercury Cougar is turned into a bulldozer and can just (laughs) wipe out trees and other brush, go through dirt, and it just keeps plowing on. I think it's because Mark Wahlberg has a yellow windbreaker on. I think that's why he can always be found. It seems seems to be the only thing, yeah. See it from space. Yeah. So once again, he's just like going through the forest. Lou Diamond Phillips is a crazed maniac, and it's great. And he just keeps on going. <laughs> and uh, Mark Wahlberg pretty much leads him to underneath where the Corvette is on the uh, tree above. Tree. Yeah. Now, no one sees that. He also has to go back and run and get the video. There's a whole stare down where the VHS falls out of his pocket. And they have to do a game of chicken. And Mark Wahlberg runs back for the video and gets it. Because, come on, he, you got to get it gotta return it yeah you gotta get it so leads Lou Diamond Phillips all the way back they have a little car the fight right underneath where the Corvette is and the Corvette's teetering it's gonna fall it's gonna fall Mark Wahlberg gets out of Lou Diamond Phillips grass moves aside and bam the car the Corvette lands hood first on Lou Diamond Phillips case closed explosion Mark Wahlberg has the VHS tape and makes it to safety. Right. Pretty good action sequence, huh? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Come on, Kelly. I, I'm putting no, so much into this. It was really bad. You can almost see the wires oh, on all the cars. You don't show the villain dying, which right there is a clue. Hello. Shh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the fact that this whole scene makes zero sense because they're in the city and then they're on a cliff in the woods. Like, they really, guys, you did not. Well, they were in suburbia. And then they were outside. So that's fine. It's not like they went to the middle of the city and then were just... I'm sorry, that scene of uh, Big Top Circus, it looks exactly like you're in the city. And then what, you just, apparently it's facing a giant crevasse. Yes, of course. Well, you've lived lived over in LA, you know. Right, it's just a fault line. Shit just drops off into nowhere. So they go back to Big Top Video, and the guy who's been badgering Melvin for the VHS is super excited because they just got the brand new uh, movie cut out like movie um it's not the poster it's what the stand-up no, whatever. yeah yeah it's the standy but it's it's made of like pure gold and it's metal. for yeah, it's, yeah i think it's gold i think it's like a gold mix with something else and it's the most expensive one ever and it's the taste the golden spray movie ad <laughs> so gross <laughs> so gross oh yes so he's super excited and then who walks in the door but Mr. Melvin Smiley. And all of a sudden, they, of course, at this, at this video rental place, have a, uh, have a most wanted. Most wanted. Yeah, because when you took the Polaroid picture of yourself when you started a membership, if you didn't return your things, you got put up on the most wanted board. On the wall. <laughs> so he, he sees him. He gets super excited. Um, comes back. Then starts charging him crazy fees like... And then flips his shit when he realizes that the VHS has not been rewound. And he's like, oh, that's gonna cost ya. And this is the last thing that Melvin can handle. And he reaches over, he pulls the dipshit over. And instead of still beating the shit out of him, he just like, I put up with your high prices, your lousy selection, and I will never, ever rent here again. But then... My favorite part of the movie happens because as he throws, as he tosses the kid, Lou Diamond Phillips kicks in the doors with his double knives, with his double knives on rings. (laughs) Come on. I'm so happy you're enjoying the shit out of this. It's fascinating just to watch you be like, freak out about it. It's kind of fun. Come on. And his his opening line is, I'm going to finish what I started, motherfucker. Perfect. Perfect. They flash back. They flash back to the minute or so before this happened. And they show that as the car fell on the other car's hood, Lou Diamond Phillips had jumped to the opposite side of where Melvin had jumped. Right. Yes. It survived. Well, duh. I mean, it's Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. He's, he's a hero. So he goes ahead and this is where... Now it's fight time. He's swinging. He's swinging the the, uh, the knives around and goes knuckle up, bitch, which is my favorite. And yeah. then and then Melvin goes, you know, hey, it's time to work. Come get some. It's time to work. And then they have an epic knife slash windbreaker fight in Kung big top Fu video. Battle. Yeah, where they are break dance fighting. And yes. Mark Wahlberg has no weapon until what he does is he takes the windbreaker off. And uses that, like, swirls it around his hand and uses that to basically, like, whip 
Lou Diamond Phillips. Right. And this whole time they're talking about how like Lou Diamond Phillips has never liked him and like he doesn't care. It's great. Monologuing. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. He's got a monologue. Yeah. Talking about how he lets bitches like run his life and how he can't believe he let that bitch go, like how stupid yeah. he is, all this kind of shit. So Big Top videos, of course, like two stories and they're just destroying every single uh, oh no yeah yeah they're, they're crushing all the ikea shit that's holding all, all these yeah. together because it's all plywood that just blows apart apparently yep and then lou diamond phyllis is kicking serious ass because he's got those awesome knives and he's just swinging them around uh and they're monologuing still some more and it's very i i found it very funny and then they get to the point where they're at the adult section the adult section is lit up by the way too i'll give you this that was funny <laughs> yes so and Mark Wahlberg gets backed in. He gets backed into the poster. And all you see is number one customer of the month adult section. And it's Crunch. It's a huge yep. poster of Crunch with He's double thumbs up. <laughs> double thumbs up with the biggest smile on his face. And they horrible. just both stop and look at it and kind of give a bewildered look. And then continue to fight. And it's great. Right. Then somehow they jump onto the giant metal chandelier thing that's in the center. And start swinging right. back and forth, knocking everything down, like knocking all that shit down. Lou Diamond Phillips goes in for the kill. Mark Wahlberg takes his hand, switches it back to him, plunges Lou Diamond Phillips' own knife into his chest. And that's where I get sad because I didn't want Lou Diamond Phillips to die. Uh, <laughs> so while this is happening, you also notice, or you might have noticed before, uh, the bomb. And we actually didn't even talk about this. When the way Mark Wahlberg got out of the hotel in the original hit from the beginning was he bungee corded out of a window and he had set this plasma bomb that blew everything up. So when he bungee corded, it came back up, but then the fire disintegrated the bungee cord, killing probably right. like hundreds of people that were innocent, oh, I, yeah. would, I would assume. And he dove into the pool. So you know he has these plasma bombs. So he has one of them again. Um, and it's this metal thing where you have to push them together, and then you get a certain right. amount of time. It starts the chemical reaction. Exactly. So he's got this on his chest. So that's foreshadowing, folks. It's going to come into play again. But now this is where Lou Diamond Phillips is playing his sad monologue part. And this, besides knuckle up, bitch, <coughs> my favorite part of the movie was when he said, and I still I wrote it down because I do love this quote. He goes, <laughs> he goes, well, ain't that a bitch? All I wanted to do was to sell my boat, man. Just wanted to sail my boat, you know? Navigate by the stars, see dolf dolphins race around each other alongside us, you know? Maybe even kill a few of them. And that was his big thing. <laughs> you don't like that? All he wanted was to sail his boat. All he wanted was to sail his boat. Ah. Oh, Because now it's one of those, you're an actual, like, you've given yourself a decent villain type of setup, and then you just pussy out when you die. Really? Well, but let's remember, though. So he's saying, oh, Melvin, I can't see it anymore. Can you? Can, and, and Melvin, of course, is like, oh, no, I can see it, man. You're there. You're there. You're, you're, you're sailing with those dolphins. You're on your boat. You know, all that kind of stuff. But Lou Diamond Phillips is a bad guy because he's grabbing at, he's grabbing at Melvin's coat while he's doing this and knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, I questioned it the first few times that I saw the movie. I was like, does he really mean to do this? And I, I do think that he does. At the, at the end of the day, he pushes the bomb together. Right. He like halfway. It. Yeah. He triggers it like halfway. 
And then, of course, because the you know chandelier thing was not designed to have the weight of people knife fighting on it, it, of course, falls. Mark Wahlberg jumps to the other side. But when Lou Diamond Phillips hits the ground dead, the bomb does completely go together. Trigger. Yeah. So now he's got like 15 seconds or something like that. So he runs outside. He runs outside. He sees Kaiko there. She's all happy. He's happy. But then there is Paris and her father. Paris got his gun out. He's kind of trying to decide what to do. What do you do in this situation? Well, he runs right back into the building that's about to blow up. Now, maybe not the smartest thing to do, I, I would think. I think the timing was a little off with what he was able to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, the timing was definitely off, but I got to get what it was because then also you're not going to be hunted down by these people if they think you're dead. Well, yes. I get that. Yes, that's true. But basically in the movie, when he goes back in, you basically still see his leg outside as the building Less explodes. explodes. <laughs> yeah, explodes. No, yeah, that was bad. Horrible timing on that. Right. Yeah, to right. what they end up telling you he does. So he goes ahead and he and, and Mark Wahlberg's dead. And, oh, no. Um, it sucks. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Because if we had to have Lou Diamond Phillips die, I didn't want to have, you know, Mark Wahlberg die as well. So, of course, what's the one thing that dis- survives the fire? It's the Polaroid of mel right and it happens to land at her feet yeah right at her feet so she's all sad but she's like oh i guess i'll go back with my father in paris or whatever uh and it turns out that they're going to make a movie out of her kidnapping so that way her father will have the money he wanted and you know all this kind of stuff the the guy who uh who worked in the big top is out there crying giving another amazing actor actor performance just right yeah really really well done so they cut away she's leaving college again she gets in her limo and you know the guy in the limo who's driving it goes so do you want to you know you want to go away or you want to stay here or do you want to go away from it all something like that and she gets right. happy and now one of the inside jokes we did not talk about was when they were called the spice boys their code names were Gilligan's Island people. So Mark Wahlberg's name was Skipper. So she gets all excited. She's like, Skipper? And the the window goes down, and no, it's Vince. But right. you're like, oh, it's Vince. So this is probably a good sign. So then all of a sudden the door opens, and there's Mark Wahlberg. And now, Kelly, would you like to tell the people how he survived that explosion? If they uh, haven't put, he man- <laughs> yeah. So within his point millisecond of actually getting into the goddamn building, he manages to pull the hideous metal standy of this the crappy name. movie on top of him. Say the name of the and movie. No. Say the name. And he- Say it. <laughs> no. Say the name. <laughs> and he manages to survive via this metal monstrosity. Yes, they flash back to show him push aside uh, <laughs> while everything else is in rubble basically but yeah so then they end the movie with with them kissing again and then they sail away on cisco's boat Ta-da! yeah there he is so that is the end of the big hit so i feel like i should make you watch one of my favorite 90s movies now it depends on what it is captain ron i have seen captain ron but would okay. it be fun enough to joke around about and stuff Yes. All right, maybe. You're going to have to send it to me, though, because I don't own it. All right. 
I think it's on Netflix. If it's actually. on, no, really? If it's on Netflix, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it there. We won't do that next week, though. No, uh, no, no. No, we got to decide on. But I'm. you really have to think about what movie you thought this was. That you were know, also like excited about it because I was I am disappointed with your view of this movie because this <laughs> is a good bad movie. Come on, even me explaining it was making it a good bad movie. Well, yeah, you're gonna make it entertaining, but it doesn't mean it was initially painful. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and do commentary over a movie. That's always fun. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> the podcast. That's what I'm saying. Basically. With the initial, I haven't actually sit through and listen to the actual dialogue. Knuckle up, bitch. That's all I'm saying. Ugh. I should. We should watch the uh, the director's commentary or something. Like, wonder what that actually. That would be. That'd be pretty interesting. Wow. I should. I should do that on some quote unquote free time. Like I actually have any of that. But yeah, no, you don't have any of that. No, but I would certainly recommend the big hit as long as people know that it is a good bad movie. It is it's not, a bad movie. No, it is not. This no, is no, better no. than not Batman bad, Superman. No, 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 no. Not, no, yeah, not Batman Superman. It's one of those, do not go into that. Like, you have to look at it as, this is a clearly, this is a, you have to look at it as a comedy, or try to look at it as a comedy. Oh, no, this is definitely a comedy. No, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. But not a good comedy, a bad comedy. Uh, <laughs> it's a bad comedy. <laughs> it's a bad good comedy. How about that? It's a bad good comedy. Cool. Yes. Uh, so I would recommend it. Obviously, Kelly would not recommend it. I am very sad. Eh, I'll give it a meh. Well, a meh isn't I, very I good. Not recommended, but I wouldn't go out of my way to see it. Well, it's a sure. background noise movie. Fine. Well, yeah, for people that I guess could understand it, because apparently when you went to Japan, you adopted their language and couldn't understand English. So I don't know how that fucking happens. I lost all of my 90s translation skills. Of talking? It was too broy, and I tend to tune out those douchebags, so that's why I couldn't understand it. Cisco was not broy. That's all I'm saying. Cisco was not broy. He wasn't. Cisco okay. was a cool dude. He was a psychopath, but he was a cool dude. Yeah, psychopath, Cholo. I, yeah, I can get you that. Lou Diamond Phillips was also in a great episode of the remake, uh, the remake um, Twilight Zone, the pool guy. I oh, really yeah. liked yeah, yeah. yeah, I really liked that one. That actually, by the way, that that remake of the Twilight Zone where they had Forrest Whitaker uh hosting it and the uh Korn did the song for it. Like that was yeah. a really good retelling of Twilight Zone with some new ones in it as well. I really like right. that. That was on in like um I think it was early 2000s, somewhere around there. I really yep. I think I actually have the DVDs because I actually really enjoyed it. They and they had all the D-list celebrity like Amber Tamlin and like Jake Busey, uh, Jeremy Piven was in one of them too, where uh, he got struck by lightning and became like super smart. And there's just like a ton of them. There was the uh, the place where uh, the community, the gated community, where they turn children who behave badly into plants. <laughs> it's just it's completely fucked up shit. But it's I, Twilight Zone. Yeah, I mean, Twilight Zone. Zone. I love the Twilight Zone. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I guess. I guess now, now that we're done with the big hit, let's also talk about some new stuff that's in the works. Uh, so, did you see the information on Suicide Squad? Um, you mentioned earlier that they did, they're doing some sort of reshoots, but so, um, I've not really been in communication with the outside world for about 48 oh, hours, right, right. so that's all. The, 
the rumor is, anyways, the rumor, and I guess it's been corroborated, however you want to say it, but they're saying that uh, they're starting or they have done reshoots many, many after after the after the reviews of Batman Superman, they are doing millions of dollars worth of reshoots uh, of Suicide Squad to make it more fun. Because what they're saying is... The, no, they the, need to make it rated R. Well, that's... And that's what I said, for sure. That's what I had posted about as well. That's what will make it good. But what they're saying is basically that in that trailer where Bohemian Rhapsody is playing in the background, they said that that is literally every single joke in the movie. And that scares <laughs> and that scares the shit out of me because well, yeah. what they were saying in the movie in the trailer wasn't funny. So that no. was also that was also scary because the Suicide Squad, it's dark humor throughout the whole entire thing. Like the comic books are all dark humor and exactly. murder. So it's already rated PG thirteen. And then you're telling me that those were the jokes? Like they said they, now, my opinion though is is they're not doing it because the review first of all. Batman and Superman was not a bad movie because of a lack of humor. Batman and Superman was a terrible movie because of the writing, the acting, and the CGI. That's why that movie was terrible. So I don't, I don't believe for a second that they're saying Suicide Squad, we need to do reshoots because Batman and Superman didn't work. I think they're doing reshoots because they realize Deadpool is a much, much better movie than what they have the ability to Absolutely. make. Absolutely. Yeah. So these yeah. reshoots better make it, and that's what I was saying. Not only do you go back and add the dark humor that's supposed to be throughout the movie, but then also make it rated R. Here's your chance. Like, I actually don't think they are... I, legally, they probably can't do it because they'd probably have to submit it again to the MPAA, yeah, but, right? But the time it, yeah, but that doesn't matter. By the time that comes out, that shouldn't. they can push that through. That... that Oh, I thought you had to go through a whole different thing because now it's going to be rated different, so that pushes things back. Like that's what I thought. But if they not were significantly enough, we we know DC isn't smart enough. They're not like Marvel. They're not smart enough to go back right now and change what they should and make it an R-rated dark comedy like uh, action movie, whatever you right, want to right, call it. Right. You know what I mean? That's what they should. It do. should be. This should be the movie that's going up against Deadpool. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. This was their chance. This was this is what was, you know, shocking a year plus ago or whatever when they said we're making Deadpool and we're making Suicide Squad and we said Deadpool that's that's cool but he's a very small character but it's going to be rated R. Wow. And then Suicide Squad, wow, this is a whole cast of characters that could, they could do a lot. Oh, PG-13. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want to take the chance. Yeah, so, so they they're losing the audience versus if you get repeat adult, you know, viewings and that's where you're going to get the money hence deadpool versus i can't bring my 12 year old so i mean it's not really a superhero movie then and you're like oh it's not really a superhero movie anyway right and what what was crazy was uh deadpool is now the number one r-rated movie of all time money wise globally yeah it's globally it's not you do you want to know i think i have this right do you want to know what the highest grossing r-rated movie just in the states is though i kind of do do you know what it is do you want to take a guess no, I want to say it's like the birdcage or something horrible. No, well, it's something horrible. <laughs> um, it's the passion. The passion is the oh, highest. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but not in not globally. So globally, it's well, no, Deadpool no, no. because no, it's everything. No, because we have all this it's psychotic Christians Whoa. and all that stuff here. Like Once again, crap. Ian hates movies. Does not condone. <laughs> Blah 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 blah. So there's no filter with jet lag. Just to <laughs> let you know if you haven't picked up on that at all. I'm well, just like, eh, fuck it. On that note, on that note, since you brought it up, uh, 
Now, I don't think this is going to be our next movie, but I really do want to do God's Not Dead 2. Uh, as, yes. Now, I just saw it came out today on April Fool's Day. It did come out today. It has Melissa Joan Hart and the guy from uh, Tucker Max Must Die, the lead guy in that, if you remember him. He, it's the only thing I, I recognize his face from. John Tucker Must Die? Yeah, what I say. Okay. Did I say Tucker Maximus die? That's yeah. that weird bro guy. No, John yeah, Tucker must die. Yeah. Okay. John. Yeah, John Tucker. Uh, <laughs> so Melissa Joan Hart's in this. Now I saw God's Not Dead one a long, long time ago, and that movie was awesome. It was so good. It had Dean Cain in it and Kevin Sorbo, and it was just all of these Christian people talking about how great it was to die and how Jesus was the best, and God's not dead. And at the end of the movie, they ask people to text everyone in their contact list and say God's not dead as well. Like, they had the Duck Dynasty guy on it, like, doing a whole thing about, like, anti-gay. Like, it was awesome. It was so good. So now they've made another one, and it's on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I think it has a 17%. So it almost has the same... As Batman versus Superman. <laughs> That's how close to Rotten Tomatoes ratings are. And all the reviews are bad. All the reviews are bad saying how like stereotypical it is and how like the uh, the people that there's never there's never an actual other side of the argument whatsoever in the movie, which makes total sense because what the movie's about. No, if you want the other side of the argument, you watch religious. Well, yes, that would be, but this is a, this isn't a documentary. It's a, like, Melissa, from what I know from the trailer, Melissa. It's called propaganda. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Melissa Joan Hart does something. She's like a teacher in a, in a high school, and someone asks her about Jesus, and she answers. Like, I think it's probably something about evolution or something like that, and she answers based on the Bible, and then the parents get all upset and take her uh-huh. to like want her fired and she gets fired and then she takes the school to court to prove that god's not dead and <laughs> so i really want to do this movie i really want to i think it'd be okay, a lot so of fun. by no means i'm just gonna put this out here especially with everything that's come out of me tonight um i am not atheist by no means i actually am catholic but this movie hurts my soul if that helps at all like this Wait, i hate calm. this kind of crap i hate this propaganda breaks you have a soul you keep it outside your body interesting like you have it in a lockbox for when you're doing your yeah ma- i can see it. it's it's by my hoverboard for when you're doing your makeout sessions john wick <laughs> your soul's over well, there you need a soul for that yeah, <laughs> that helps with the soul sucking actually if uh hey oh but um yes so okay so kelly had to explain herself (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not that person but as a catholic light person uh i'm diet catholic i there's no way i would ever pay to do any of this stupid bullshit i know i hate this stuff yeah because it's overly preachy like i it's that's not necessary either if you want to be a part of a religion then you look into it and be a part of it yeah i don't need the propaganda to be indoctrinated into religion because i think that's where we cause a lot of problems right i don't want to plug them throughout the world 
I don't want to plug them, but there's a production company that only makes films like this, and that's why these movies get made. And they, it's uh, yeah, Kirk yeah. Cameron. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very similar to what Kirk Cameron does. I don't know if he works specifically with them, but he wasn't in God's Not Dead one, so I'm not sure if he's going to be in God's Not Dead two. But spoiler alert for God's Not Dead one, they proved that God was alive. So just so you guys know, they did prove it. <laughs> They proved it. They proved it by not proving it, because that's also the thing. Remember, faith. remember, burden of proof. <laughs> burden of proof is on the other people, not on them. Absolutely. Burden of proof yeah. is always, and that's what's funny in these movies is burden of proof is always on the people that never said anything existed in the first place, but the people exactly. that did, they're the ones that you have to prove that it doesn't exist. Exactly. So I don't know. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think. I could bust out a character that would be a lot of fun for this one. And that's just, you know, that's just a hint of what this could be like. I'm thinking of truly going in a different direction than Ian hates, if that makes that any sense. To be so exciting for me. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. If you can... there's, there's, I, I'm a huge fan of Puritanism, so I love taking that whole extreme right view and just playing with that character. I think... I think I could do that and not to not to break the fourth wall, not to Deadpool this situation, but I wanted to talk it through while people are listening to this so that they know <laughs> Yeah, so that they know what I'll be doing when we when right. we do this. And I don't think we should do right. it next week by any means. But I think no. coming up, I think it'd be fun because <clears throat> a movie like this is just asking for it. Because this movie I've seen trailers for it. Like this is a it's not in theaters. But this is a movie that has marketing budget. Like it's actually out there enough that I know it, that it's uh, you know that's around. That it's there. Yeah. So right. it's they're kind of begging for it. So I don't mind giving them the promotion in order to do this kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's just that's my opinion. And I'll tell you, I read the Rotten Tomatoes, like some of the reviews for it, and of course, awesome. like I said, they're all they're all bad except there's one. There's one tomato, and it's this old a picture of this old woman from a publication I've never heard of. And she's like, this movie's really great because every person in everyday life deals with these issues. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Who deals with these issues? I, I want to go to her nursing home because shit's got to be going down if it's yeah. getting super religious every day. It's one, of, it's one of the reasons why I love the movie Donnie Darko is because of the super religious teacher that does the chalkboard of living by fear and love <laughs> wow <sighs> you know what kelly sometimes i don't think you're dedicated to spark emotion i just have to i have to say that <laughs> so yeah. yeah so that's that's what i was thinking and we'll see i think kelly and i still have to decide on what is next week's next. movie yeah. um would this be a good would this be a good wicker man time? Uh. Jeez. <laughs> Kelly, come on now. That's another fun bad movie. Uh. No, uh, if we're going to do another fun bad movie, yes. I'll totally watch Con Air. But that's so easy though. Yeah. I feel like so many people have and done that. And I know that. I can get through it. Oh. <laughs> can I watch it on Netflix? I mean, I'm sure I can just quote it word for word now, but oh, no, I mean, so I would. Can I, are you kidding me? I would like I to watch it. I would like to watch it one more time, though. Oh. Um, I just feel like other people have done it to death. 
It's like Speed. It's <gasps> like, I don't know. There's just so many movies that uh, like people make fun well, of already. I think of Nicolas Cage movies I can get through. There's not a lot. Well, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do Snake Eyes. Um, I wouldn't do that one. Any of the treasures, I could care less. I do love Face Off, but I think people okay, have done it. Face Off is good. Okay, well, uh, the Rock, Rock the Rock, people have done. Oh, oh, but yes. people have done the Rock to death, though. That's the problem. No, but it's Sean Connery. <laughs> 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 you, you are right. It is Sean Connery. Oh. No, see, it's just, it's it's too easy. If anything, if anything, I would prefer Face Off, for sure. Sorcerer's Apprentice. I've Ghost, never, Rider. Ghost Rider. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoyed Ghost Rider. <laughs> if we could ever find a place that had it. Like I know. I don't know where we would actually see that movie. Oh. I don't know. Hmm. Gotta think about that. Alright, let me do a little bit more research on Wicker Man, because it's a thriller, right? It's a horror thriller. It's a horror movie. It's a straight up horror. Ugh. Yeah. Um Nicolas Cage goes in search of like a missing girl. And finds this cult. And in this cult, they like go out and have sex with random people and then bring their children there and then try to sacrifice people for the harvest or whatever. That sounds like a cult, yeah. yeah. So it's almost, it's like God's Not Dead 3. It's somewhere, it's somewhere around there. <laughs> wow. Blasphemy, Kelly. Um, how, how did you mimic my voice? That was crazy good. Yeah. So, I yeah, I, look, we can look into Wicker Man. By the way, if anyone else has any suggestions, remember, there's a, there's a form you could submit, uh, www.ianhates.com. There's also ianhates at gmail.com. Feel free to write us and request movies. Uh, remember, I need to start stacking the deck is what I need to do. Well, yes. <laughs> All these weird is like Kelly at this, like... Nerdy. Oh, I can nerdy come up Kelly. With a bunch yes. Of fake shit to just spam the fuck out of it. It'll be great. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say like. Why the fuck are you guys reviewing Clueless? I don't know. We, we are not reviewing Clueless. <laughs> hey, I love Turk as much as the next guy, but I'm still not reviewing that movie. It's just not worth it. But yeah, we need some people, and then if Wait. it's a really, if it's a majorly bad movie, remember that you can contact. Yeah, you can contact us. And you can pay for it. It's not expensive, but at least that just covers us getting the movie and actually right. being able to watch it. Um, and then we'll do a whole two-hour review for you. Like that's what we do. We're running on we're running on like two hours right now. Yeah, we're good. Yep, that's the way. So actually, work. speaking of a, a ridiculously long bad review, I so wasn't. Um, y- you and your bromates um, were able to do Superman <laughs> do not, and Batman. Do not call and, us bromates. Uh, <laughs> how did that little love fest go it's a very popular review actually um, that's sure. why I was I was sad you weren't able to make it on that one since you were in Japan uh, yeah so that ended up being yeah. 2 hours and 20 minutes long and the movie itself is 2 hours and 30 minutes long and, and that was after editing right so and, god knows yeah and we talked for like 5 hours before the actual podcast itself so yes that was a long that's why my voice even today is probably sounds better than it did at the end of that because so yeah, that you're was saying a Batman talking. Superman actually physically made you sick then. It actually did. I, I even, I say it on the podcast and I said it going into the theater. I told Sarge, I said, look, I have the bar set so low for this that I'm wondering if we just come out and I'm just like, eh, it was okay. 
You know, like maybe there'd be parts I'd make fun of and then there'd be parts to be like, oh, they actually did this well. But no, it was even worse. Like, seriously, the cool new thing nowadays is I don't know if you see it on your Facebook or your Twitter or whatever. But the fun thing for people to do now is to actually pretend like it was a good movie so that they're like the cool ones now. They're because now it's like the bandwagon jumpers jumped on the ooh Batman Superman so bad. But now I guess the quote unquote cool thing is to be like I actually liked Batman versus Superman, and it's just because I'm a unique individual and I'm my own snowflake. And God forbid I get lumped in with anybody else, yep. even though you're a fucking retard. Whoa, language again, Missy. <laughs> so really, I don't know. I don't tell anyone what to say. I just like to play a character on Ian Hates Movies podcast. <laughs> so what they uh so yeah, so that is a thing going around is that people saying they, you know, they actually, you know, liked it. Uh and they're they're being serious in a way because they want to be different, like you said, from from people. But the movie is terrible. It's really one of the worst movies I've seen in years. And you know, we all knew it was gonna be bad, but it's even worse. Like, I don't even want to spoil it here because we have a whole episode dedicated to it. So go back. Yeah, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, But there is the dumbest reason ever why Batman doesn't kill Superman while he has a chance. And just listen to the podcast because we even missed some things. There's a there's this disgusting scene in the movie with a Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Like I said, and this is what was funny (coughs) because I had um, I talked about it way before the movie came out, when I saw the trailer and saw Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor, I said, why is he playing it as a cross between the Joker and the Riddler? Because that's what he's doing. It made no sense. What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't know why, because Lex Luthor is not that character at all. No. Like, I don't know why you're coming off. Yeah, it's the creepy Riddler, like, psychotic, mad scientist kind of thing. I understood while I mean sorry I understood why he was trying to put his own spin on things but you don't put your own spin on a character by playing it the way other characters should be played you know what I mean like the best Lex Luthor was Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville like if oh, he had just if, yeah he yeah. was fantastic they should have just gotten him like I don't know why they didn't just say hey man you don't work anymore like well, there's certain characters <laughs> there's certain characters that you you just you could picture in this role because it's a very strong like I could see Kevin Spacey doing Lex Luthor absolutely and owning it. Like that's just he has that kind of like that's that such strong CEO psychotic personality that can of course I'm gonna fuck up everybody's life. Yeah, he didn't do a good job on that one though. No. No, for Man of Steel. But yeah, so But it's one of those like but that's a character your mind goes to. Like you my mind would never go to like clearly Jesse Rosen. Like that's uh, Oh mine what? does. Mine actually does because the only thing I've ever liked about Superman ever was parts of Smallville because that actually made the character seem more human, that kind of thing. It actually no, gave I'm sorry. The ca- I, meant, I meant Eisenberg. Oh, Eisenberg. Wasn't... Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. That's okay. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, but yeah, he has this really gross scene where he has a bowl of Jolly Ranchers and he undoes one and it's a cherry one and he's got it on. It's sticking to his fingers and there's a senator there, a guy senator. And he goes and he puts the cherry Jolly Rancher in the guy's mouth and then licks his fingers and goes, ooh, cherry. Like, it's so fucked up. Like, it's really, really funny. And we didn't even, we had so much fodder to go on that movie that that didn't even come up in our review. Right. <laughs> that's how, that's how bad Batman vs. Superman is. But anyways, 
I mean, we'll do Suicide Squad. Um, right. I might be paid to see Ghostbusters. Uh, that might be coming up. So we'll we'll see about that. Civil War. Civil War, definitely for sure. But that'll be a good movie. I don't I don't see right. how they fuck that up for sure. No. Uh, oh, when Lost World is or when the new yeah I call it Lost World when the new Jurassic Park is on Redbox, we can do that one. <laughs> That way you can. I think, no, no, no. I think we should just do. You just suck it up, and we should do the montage. Do all of them. And just throw them all together. I don't want to kill myself right now. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, there might come a time where it is time for me to kill myself. So but fun. no. Like the first one, fine. But the second, third, and fourth, I wouldn't be able yeah, to handle it. I feel like yeah. Well, the first one is is actually decent. No, the other three, it's one of those like I'm shoving this into bad good movies. Like no, they're bad quotable movies. Not. Nope. The last really? the last three are just terrible movies. Oh, the last one. Just okay. terrible movies. No. All right. Do you want to? You pay me. <laughs> you pay me to watch them, and I'll watch them. Eh. See, it's not as fun, right? No. No. I say we do the fourth one. Because that'll be, that'll be my makeup to you for making you watch the big hit then. Jurassic World. Yeah. We'll watch that. <laughs> and I'll make fun of the one-dimensional women characters and Chris yeah. Pratt being a dick uh, and terrible writing and you know doing the same oh, thing oh, over yeah. and over again. All the but rooms I, eating it see, up. Coming from a theme park person, just seeing the way that they've integrated Universal, SeaWorld, and Disney into this massive just clusterfuck of a park and the random cameos is awesome. Jimmy Buffett's in the fucking movie. That's awesome. I, I don't care. I've never cared about... <laughs> <laughs> the the best, the only Jimmy Buffett kind of thing that I ever enjoyed was uh, uh, Broken Lizard's Club Dread. <laughs> Where they had the fake. Oh my god, Club Dread. Yeah, where they had the fake uh, Jimmy Buffett. That's the only thing that I ever that I ever cared about. Penal. Well, no, it's and it's and they're making fun of him because it's Margaritaville's there. That's the whole point of the whole. Of Club Dread. No. Oh. Dressed world <laughs> right. of his cameo in that. Right. Jesus, Club Dread. Well, well, I told you we'll do the fourth one. I won't do. I'd have to be paid again to watch the second one or the third one for sure. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, the third can't. one's just run. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, what do you think? We're coming up on the two, well, we're past two hours now. Uh, yeah, I, mean, all... I got two ten on my end. You got what? I have two ten on my end. Oh, there you go. All right. Now, uh, is there anything else you want to do? Your plugs? Any other movie <laughs> stuff? Uh, no other movie stuff that I can think of. Obviously, you can always follow me at Nerdy Girl Ivy on Instagram. Um, and then also Facebook, Nerdy Girl Ivy. I'm currently working on other social media platforms, and I might have them up next week, but I'm dealing with some domain issues. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then, obviously, you're listening to this podcast somehow, either uh, ianhates.com, where you can go ahead and listen, you know, stream it online. You can also stream there the Ian Hates Music podcast. We just had an episode, a great episode on Wednesday where we talked to the band Alteris. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We also have interviews scheduled for the next weeks in advance, like probably like three or four weeks. We're doing more band interviews. So if you like heavy, screamo, post-hardcore, metalcore music, Woo! yeah, yeah, I do. That's why I do this podcast. Uh <laughs> then you can listen in there. Uh, you can also, for both podcasts, you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast app. Just look up Ian Hates and all that will come up. Please 
subscribe, please like us, rate us, all that kind of stuff. Share with your friends if you enjoy it. Um, all that kind of stuff helps us out a whole bunch. And also Facebook, very active trying to get everything out on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash Ian Hates. And then you can also follow us and interact on Twitter at Ian Hates Podcast. That's at Ian Hates Podcast singular um, there. So yeah, I think those are all good for the plug. So any uh, final words for you, Kelly? No. Hopefully I won't be jet lagged next week and I'll be slightly more cheerful, but no promises made. I guess it all depends on what movie you watch. Pretty much. That helps too. That's true. And uh, I should be done with my cold by tonight. So, you know, unfortunately my sexy Phoebe from Friends Voice will probably be gone by next week, but Aww. yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll, we will deal with it. But I will... Make it work. Yes. I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.